Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your chief toboggan artist, uh, Rob, and <laughs> today I am joined by well, the the regular Monday night crew. Um, Nathan, how are you? As talkative as ever, though. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and we're also joined by James. Uh, James, welcome to the show. How have you been? This is my... Because it's birthday week. I'll talk about that in a moment. And we're also returned from the wild, having hunted the moose that offended him and decided to finally come in from the cold. Dan is back on the show. Hello, Dan. How are you? Oh, no. Hold on. Yeah, because I've muted you because Nathan's meant to be here, but he's not here, is he? He's bloody late. That's what he's doing. And do you know what he's doing? He's eaten eight pies. That's what he said he was doing. He's like, I've cooked and eaten eight pies. Anyway, Dan, sorry. Hello. Carry on. Hello. Uh, I've, I've finally, I'm, I'm back. Uh, and thank you for your patience. I'm actually, the, the hardest thing about this is I'm currently covered in maple syrup as the only way to <laughs> lubricate myself enough to get out of the, uh, the moose that I had found myself trapped within the girthy bowels of was to squirt 16 litres of maple syrup both up its tuchus and down its throat until I was smooth enough to uh to to slide right out of there um like a toboggan down a chute uh <laughs> some might say and so i have extracted myself from that moose and i'm very happy to be back i'm actually i'm the most happy because i've got a i got to this morning i woke up to a message saying that there were two big old boxes of warhammer waiting for me to pick up downstairs uh in my apartment building and i picked them up and i'm very very excited we're gonna have a live unboxing aren't we uh yeah that's, that's, yep of what dan bought of what, what Dan, Dan bought with his paycheck instead of yeah. paying his rent, which might give you some indication that there isn't much news today. Uh, that might be. <laughs> <laughs> but me, James, and Dan will be talking about the news, and we will be looking at. So very much like we did last week, we're going to be looking at ogre more tribes. We're going to be looking at a list archetype, and we're going to be talking it through uh, for ogres. So uh, we'll talk about that more later. We'll do the news as well. Obviously, the big news is how are we can do anything without Nathan. Nathan is indeed late. Uh, he might eventually arrive. We're not sure. What's weird is we're going to review or talk about a destruction battle tome, and this is the day he's late. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he planned it, if I'm 100% honest with you. Maybe maybe he's still trying to decipher the puppet book. <laughs> that's, that's true. It does take a little while. Turn on well, the actually, uh, so... One of the, the first pieces of news that I could talk about is that over the weekend, we talked about this obviously on the uh, stat show earlier today, me and Owen, but just for you two for a quick catch up, because I know you were both at work today, or Dan, you were asleep, and James, you at work. Sons of Behemoth uh, played three times at the weekend. Three different players take Sons of Behemoth, and they went four and one. Each one of the three players, four and one. I think Nathan heard this, ripped his T-shirt off, and ran into the streets screaming and punching and kicking over barrels i'm not certain that's true but that's the rumor that i heard um that's that's what i think happened so it could be it sounds about right it, it sounds very on brand for him it does it does right james talk to us about this week how have you been i know you've been at work uh but have you been able to do any hobby and speed I... thank you for resubscribing i have done tons of hobby this week mm -hmm. uh so i did i have been at work but also, so I, uh, people that follow me on Twitter might have seen anyway. Uh, but at the weekend, I built um, 
So after last week's show, I should probably say, why are you laughing? Because <laughs> of fucking Owen on Periscope oh. every single time. Let's go Periscope party. <laughs> I didn't even know Periscope was still a thing. Periscope is 100% still a thing. And the only person who watches any of our content on Periscope is Owen. <laughs> he writes in the chat and everyone... The other week, someone was like, what the fuck is Periscope? And I was like, it's a great point. Don't, don't worry. Uh, anyway, sorry, carry on, James. Uh, so after last week's show, uh, I went to bed, uh, got the Zinch book, read some more Zinch book, brought a Kawaras bait wheeler. What? And uh, <laughs> so this weekend, I built a Kawaras bait wheeler, eight more pink horrors that I found in a box in my house, uh, and then two Blood Bowl teams. Dan, how do you feel about this? I just like, James, how's your left side? And do you smell toast? Uh, because I, the only reason I could assume that you would choose to do something so dumbass bullshittity is because the, half of your brain stopped working. F- fair warning, I don't understand how the human body works, much less how strokes work. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, why why would you do make such a bullshit choice? And Kairos, like the chief dick bird. What do we call it? Uh, what do we call it on the... the, the King the, Bin the, Chicken. King Bin Chicken himself. There was um, there was whatever it was, Dickhead McChange Face, or whatever <laughs> he was called on... on the, oh, that's the, that's the I, law to change, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I thought we had some kind of bromance going on with the, the, with the last uh, team that we were both playing for, which I, we don't need to go into. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of scandalised that you'd do this. I was hurt yeah. when Rob did this, so the fact that you've done this is just... Fuck, it's Nathan's going to drop in here and be like, oh, I bought a bunch of fucking Skyfires or something like that, and that's, <laughs> that's just going to ruin my day. There is but, number one, worst Zimbabwean accent I've ever heard. Number two, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Like, that colonial Zimbabwean accent. What hell? I'm Zimbabwean, I think, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I was going for. I was going for the white man. Um, <laughs> the white man Zimbabwean. All right. Uh, yeah, and... James, what is it that inspired you? I love that we inspired you last week. That's kind of like the purpose of the show a little bit. Uh, so so it was just that idea. Uh, so we talked about it last week, but that, that whole thing where you can just turn people into spawn. So what I want to do is play like a horrific list that turns people's favorite models into spawns, <laughs> upsets them. And also, which I think I told you in the week, Rob, but the rest of the chat don't know, I want to uh, create pink horrors from pink horrors uh, and then have one of those little soundboards on my phone that's the hello there from uh, Jurassic Park when John Hammond keeps cloning himself. Oh. And I want the hello there of uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so I'll be like, I'm going to, I'll roll a one, going to summon D6 pink horrors. Oh, it's six. And then what I'll do is press once, put a pink horror on the board. Press another one, put a pink horror on the board. Press another one, <laughs> put a pink horror on the board. And I, and I just think, like, it doesn't matter who I'm playing. They're either going to love it or want to throw their beer in my face. And at both levels, it'll be enjoyable. I... <laughs> okay. I, I kind of, I, I like that. Cause I, I will give that a grudging pass <laughs> because I, I personally love, and I've told the story about the bloke with the golden squig before, uh, Tim from back in Australia. I love it when someone builds an army that isn't going to win 
but does like so you're always going to lose to your opponent but you do one thing that just breaks their mind like you're not actually about beating them at the game you're about breaking them as a hobbyist and a person and and because that's that's not playing the game that's playing the player and uh, i'm all about that i'm all about that just like the bloke with an army all of squigs who painted a squig rolled a scattered ice every turn and then charged his whole army towards it while his opponent was like why i like why aren't you playing the game and he's like oh no i'm not playing our game i'm playing my game and just like was a part of that whole thing. I, I can only wait until you get to the end of the game and your opponent's tallying up and they're like, okay, so a major win for me. And you're sitting down there with like some kind of abacus just like sliding across <laughs> beans for like how many. So this is how many heroes I tend to spawn. This is how many battle line and this is how many other. Yeah, so it, even to the point, and I saw someone tried to call me out in the chat, Jay Berry. Jacob Berry. Jacob Berry. Jacob Berry. Uh, can't spawn be Mark Cord. So to the point that one of my very good friends, Miles, and me chat Warhammer quite often. And he's been doing a corn list at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, oh, I don't think um, Bellacor is going to be 240 points anymore. He doesn't fit in my list. I've ordered a Bloodthirster. And I was like, I'm going to buy a spawn. I'm going to paint it corn red. I might even give it a little Bloodthirster axe. And every game we ever play again, I'm going to turn that Bloodthirster into a spawn <laughs> just to annoy you. <laughs> Okay, I'll take that. Uh, Jacob Berry in the chat, by the way, uh, from the Rage of Sigmar podcast. James, have you ever listened to it? Because I'm pretty certain you messaged me earlier in the week saying that you they you thought that they were posers. Your exact word, you said they were posers. And I was like, wow, James, oh, no. that is strong. Have you actually listened to it to make that assumption? Or like, what's going they're, on? They're Why did I call them posers? You, you messaged me. beautiful got, human beings. How could you do that, James? Yeah, I how could I already James. thought so poorly of you, yeah. and then the Zeech thing, and then I, and then <laughs> it just went down. And now somewhere you're draining the molten core of our Mother Earth with the <laughs> lowness of your behavior on this fine day. How dare how you, James? You? How dare you? Also, someone was asking me about Warhammer the other day. They're like, "What's it like?" I was like, "Mainly the reason loads of blokes love Warhammer, well, ladies, everyone likes Warhammer, is because like." It gets you out of the house and it gets you socialising. Like, it's so good for that interpersonal connection. You develop friends. You have these incredible times, these great stories. You know, it's really good for mental health. And then James has gone, yeah, I bought an army specifically to target people's mental health. Yeah? As I generally bring back a pink spawn and we're like, hello there. Hello there. For three hours. For three hours of mental torture, James. What the fuck is wrong with you? Every time that that little Spawn's face came out and you heard Ewan McGregor go, hello there, hello there. would you smile or not? <laughs> I, would, uh, I would not I smile. Do you know what? Let's, let's settle this. Give me a second. Let me sort this right out. Because I, <laughs> oh, no. I think we have got... Let me just check this out. I don't know if it's going to work. Hold on. Maybe. Is he in? He is in, but I can't. It's not working. Hello there. there. We go. <laughs> Jacob Barry is on to refuse <coughs> the shit that you've been giving him. There he is on the chat. Jacob, Get welcome him. to the show. Get him. Uh, Hi. My name is also Nathan. <laughs> this is a hostile takeover. And we are back. Back. Oh, thanks for joining us, uh, uh, Nathan, too. Yeah. Oh. I'm just sticking in my pants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, your sausages? You'll just stick your sausages in your pants? It was great. 
Uh, he even looks like Nathan. <laughs> Nathan from 20 years ago. <laughs> that may be the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> I'm just going to be here crying. Uh, Tears of per- joy. Perfect. Uh, Jacob, we might as well catch up with you. Jacob, how you been? What's going on? Uh, been good, man. Uh, been hobbying away out of pure spite and anger. Uh, it turns out that since the Hedonites of Slanesh book has released, everyone has jumped onto my bandwagon idea of doing a dual army of Daughters of Cain and uh, and Hedonites of Slanesh. Uh, I mean, Velatron is doing it, and his looks great. And uh, Travis, uh, the Vampires guy, is doing it, and his looks great. Um, and Magro is doing it, so that's a thing. I'm just I'm fueled by the spite that these people are stealing my my army idea. Uh, after I've been waffling for pretty much all of COVID, getting nothing done. Uh, so now I'm like getting two hours of hobby in a night, just angrily glazing my models. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no better way to finish an army than out of spite. Uh, yeah, and I'm not used to it. It's usually my deadline is, is a tournament, but now mm. it's just get to fucking market before Magro. <laughs> <laughs> Just pure rage. <laughs> it's like when a new army comes out, like uh, like brand new army with all the models, and like week two, someone's like, I'm at the event with the army, and it looks like pure hot garbage, but they were the first ones at the event with it. Like, it's all about like just planting the flag, right? This is mine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, is, <laughs> is Jacob like 40 years younger than all of you? Look at that. What a compliment. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna find out who that was because I can't see the chat in Skype, and I'm gonna get that person. That's Bobbin. Bo- oh, Bobbin's lovely. Oh my god! Will you go on a date with me? What what continent are you on? Sweden. Sweden. That's not a continent, Rob. <laughs> That's... I'm English. To me, that is a continent, and also somewhere <laughs> well, I don't very... want to go to. It's post Brexit, right? I'm pretty sure that England is now their own continent because the rest of the world shut down all the borders to them. They're like, no, nah, <laughs> yeah, we're not we having get... any of that. We get Speaking nothing of, out of our borders now. How does now. walking to Wales work now? Because like you used to be able to do that, and no one knew when you crossed the border. And yeah. now, what is it like? Armed guards and, and like crossing the the checkpoint in in Berlin. Just a whole no. bunch of, of Welshmen with crossbows, I believe, just yeah, if you, camping if you, out in the woods. Yeah, if you go over to Wales, you have to take a, a can of cider and a pack of fags. Like otherwise, you're not allowed in. I oh, think you can't it's... say that. You can't say yeah. that. It's it's 2021. Cigarettes. Uh, there oh, hi, Margot. <laughs> <laughs> hey Margo, big love to Margo everyone, uh, Jacob's no. gorgeous wife uh, <laughs> yeah, They're happy to see you <laughs> um, We were going to get on with the, the show I think, uh, Jacob, Dan has bought a bunch of Warhammer and he's going to unveil, we're in the news section now Oh, oh are, no, we in, right. are we in finding out what Drunk Dan ordered? <laughs> we are No, this was this was Sober Dan, Drunk Dan bought a box of Liberators three I weeks ago I think I've met Sober Dan uh, Yeah, no, the, actually you've got him right now, but not for long um, just, it's, a brief, it's a brief interlude I, uh, I was mostly sober, air quotes mostly sober sure. For about three weeks straight there, uh, just because I was working 15 hour days And so I didn't, physically didn't have time to be drunk um, and then uh, today is my first first day off in a, a very long time. And uh, two big old boxes of war dollies showed up. And I was like, yes. And then I was telling everyone. And then I realized what was in those boxes. And I was like, oh, no. Uh, and and now you're here to witness my shame as well. So. So. 
Well, okay, uh, so I, I want the Twitch chat to guess. If anyone's wondering why I've got the Saturday Night Fever logo behind me, it's actually our birthday week, as you know. This is the week leading up to the Stream Street birthday on Sunday. We'll have been live for 369 days. That's right. Nice. That's, all be- that's <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. So we'll be live for that amount of time. Also, just quick FYI, 6.9 thousand subscribers on uh, YouTube. So uh, really hitting the stars are aligning right now. Uh, is... <laughs> Block uh, so... anyone else who joins. Yeah, no one else is allowed to subscribe. I'm actually turning the feature off now. That's it. We're just, <laughs> we're capped out. So if you want to subscribe to us on YouTube, don't. That's what I'm telling you. I don't want you to do that. Uh, Somewhere so... there's somebody in marketing who's just vomiting excessively hearing you say those words. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh anyway all right <laughs> um go on down what was in your what did you order and twitch chat what do you think you ordered agent nagash thinks you ordered 30 croaks okay so first first in the in the the unboxing we've got the corvus cabal um so we've got uh we've got them intending on not using any of them in Warcry, uh or even in their their standard pieces uh, then we have um, this blank uh, white box, uh, which I, it's probably mistagged. That's probably not what, it's, uh, what it actually is. Uh, it says High Elf Phoenix Guard, but it's probably not that. Uh, it's probably not High Elf Phoenix Guard, um, though it might Gross. be. Uh, <laughs> then there's two boxes of internal guard. Oh, uh, my God. And, and, then, and then there's... There's also two boxes of Shadow Warriors. They're all elves, uh, Dan! So you the, dirty the, bitch! The, They're I all elves! Might be noticing that there's 50 elves in this box so far, <laughs> and some men, and no dwarves. And you'd be right to continue believing that. Then uh, we have uh, three boxes of uh, Graveguard in there too. What? Um so we, we needed those. Uh, two Pentient Engines and a Boxo Skulls. Uh, and that's that's what Dan ordered. I'm pretty sure I was sober when I ordered this because I'm, I'm finishing my uh, Lumineth, my converted Lumineth army. But obviously you need elves first before you can make them dead elves. Right. Okay. Romar so Winter your... says that you are way fucking past your curious, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. it's really uh, true. Uh, I really expect Dan to be a, a pointy elf-eared VTuber very soon. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look great in the corset. Um, uh, the whole pull thing. it off. Corset, fish just, nets. just a corset, right? Nothing else. <laughs> just, just. But I'd only shoot from the waist down. Uh, up. I mean, up. Up. Oh God. What? <laughs> um, um, yes. So on, uh, the plan is, is to undeadify all of those and uh, chop them up and slam them together and finish off my undead uh, elf army. Because uh, the only elf, good elf, is a dead elf. Um, we all, we all and... agree, apart from Zeech James, which is just weird. Uh, just uh, <laughs> uh, James, you can just take a moment now if you want. Uh, Jacob, not really a big fan of the fact that you don't like corn. Um, I don't know if you want to speak to that, James, for a moment. No, no. I said <laughs> what I fucking thought, poser. <laughs> Get him! Get him! <laughs> uh, 
Right, okay, let's move on to the news section uh, because we do have some news. I've already talked about the first birthday. Uh, we've already done the review of the tournament stuff over the weekend. If you guys want to go and check that out from earlier today. Uh, the other news is about new releases. Specifically, I'd like to announce that the Age of Sigmar objective markers are returning. Hundreds of thousands of them are returning. If you didn't pick any clear plastic ones up, just James has promised me that it's happening ASAP, I think, is the... Is that correct, James? Uh, sure. Oh, there we go. That's nice. So <laughs> You didn't uh, expect that, answer, did you? I did not. I thought you'd be like, no. They're <laughs> <laughs> currently sold um, out, um, so, but they yeah, might so, return. So I think, like, uh, because now you've brought it up, like, we stopped for a bit. Uh, we had a load of stock. We were shifting that. Uh, and then we stopped because Brexit was screwing our postage routes, which some poor sods that brought stuff off us know, and some other poor sods who brought stuff off us don't know, because for some reason, things going to the same country as posted on the same day, in the same packaging and set up, some came back, some didn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but we've actually solved that problem now. Uh, most people don't realise. Uh, we've hired some, uh, like some young ne'er-do-wells. Anyone who watched the Russell Crowe version of Robin Hood, I would like to point out the worst version of Robin Hood. Uh, there is uh, th at the end. I don't want to like. I don't want to go on a tangent here, but very quickly, at the end, Maid Marian turns up to defeat the French, fully plate-mailed, armoured French warriors. Yeah, with young boys on ponies with sticks. Ridiculous film. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. However. Yeah, but to... but without all that armor, they were a lot more agile, which is probably how they won. You know, like the 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 Viper of Dawn beat the mountain in Game of Thrones. Fact. No, no. This. What's this just, gonna do? You just turned that episode off out of excitement, didn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you mean? He stabbed him. He fell down. He died. Stop the show. Done. Wait, the finish. <laughs> the finish. <laughs> Uh, anyway, my point is, we found some small local boys to do, like, to pack mule across the border. Uh, James thinks it's legal. We're we're checking some stuff right now. James, uh, it's definitely legal because they're swimming the crossings. Oh, okay. okay Your rings yes. might get wet, but they're plastic, okay. so it's fine. <laughs> Jacob, Ooh. you wearing undergarments right now? Oh, funny you ask. I was just doing a mid <laughs> mid episode set change, and I put on my. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> shifting left and right and been confused by that. It was because I was taking off my pants on the air. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, so uh the next item, news item, other than the return of the objective markers, which is quite exciting, uh, is that there is two news items really. Number one, the announcement of a Seraphon warband for uh not Warcry, in fact Underworlds, that game Dan seems to like online. Um, and the only, although actually, little side note, uh, I got told uh, yesterday or the day before, there was a 300, well, before COVID, 300 person event for Underworlds that happens in Sweden. 300 people, which is truly bananas. They Jacob, have I don't that know many people in Sweden? Do they, have, do they have that many people in Sweden? Yeah, like I just I, assumed that there was like like a couple of them hunting elk or something. Mostly yeah, reindeer, it's... but yeah, you're, you're yeah, right on. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah the demographics check out. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's close. To, that's close to the numbers, I think. the uh, The point is, is like I, I hadn't heard that there, it was such a popular game. I don't know, Dan and Jacob in your local area, so Canada and America. Do we? Uh, it's kind of like good bit, bad bit. Do you? Uh, <laughs> I'll let you choose. 
we're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> is there a big scene for Underworlds or not really? I don't go outside, so I don't know. I more meant I... before before the times. I didn't really go outside then. <laughs> uh, we we had like Australia had a pretty strong scene. Like it was pretty good. There was a lot of people excited by it. But that was back before I left, and I think release fatigue started to burn out a lot of people who were enjoying it. Because I know I loved it, and I I still do. But I I very much don't. I don't think I've played it, not just because of COVID. I don't think I've played it in person in a very long time because keeping up with the constant releases was became impossible just with how fast and stuff was coming out exciting for the game but also like wearying as a player um uh, so but that's where i transitioned to online but it was quite big in australia i haven't seen a lot of it here in canada though i've seen up to 50 player tournaments at large gts um it, it seems like it's it's occupying the space of thursday or friday game before a two-day gt it mm. seems like it's still most of the same people but mm. it's definitely got more market penetration than say warhammer champions like i couldn't tell you a single person i know who's bought a pack of that that's the G mm. that was the tgc game right yes tcg yeah what did i say TGC. you said you said bbc which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to know your search history rob it's only centaur ladies we all know that oh um, my god is that part of our news i really want to talk about this we I are not so talking about it that is... all of them are wrong that is <laughs> we're not talking about it ever that's really important uh okay yeah so new uh so the new and it's a seraphon warband this is the point now, mm -hmm. we know Morgweath the Unbloody. Jacob, as a big Daughters of Cain fan, uh, Morgweath making it into a lot of your lists? Uh, if I'm ever writing Hagnar, she's in every one. Uh, and if I can't afford a normal Hag, which is pretty bad if, you, if you're like really scraping for points in the Daughters of Cain book, because everything is probably like 10 to 20% too cheap, uh, I'll occasionally throw her in in other uh, allegiances. But because she doesn't benefit from other factions, she's sort of only a a no-brainer choice in Hagnar. Mm. Well, so the the, the Seraphon Warband coming out, I thought we would take a moment to try and guess that it's guess what it might be. Uh, there's the kind of fun things and what we might see in it. Uh, Dan, um, I don't know. Oh, wait, James, if you if you somehow started to sell the, the objective markers again in the time <laughs> since we've been live, what the hell? Yeah. Since you just told me we were doing it. I was just... Rip, I was just fucking busting your grills. Um, that is too effective. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't buy them. No one buy them because James has to post them. I re you're not allowed. That's that's the first thing I'm saying. So yeah, yeah Dan, uh, have you got any thoughts on what the uh, the Seraphon Warband might rules might be? You got any, okay. Anyone feel free to chip in. Yeah, go for it. Here's what I think, <clears throat> based on uh, background experience with with all of these things. I would be excited for them to add some new rules or a new mechanic or something that offers another little fun, uh, fun little tidbit play style in there. Not massively army changing, but something interesting. I expect it to be just more of the same uh, of, of what those models already do. Like a skink priest with a retinue, basically, is all I'm expecting. We'll see. Uh, I want it to change stuff up. I want it to be cool. I don't think it will be. 
I, I, I hate to be the downer on that one, but just every single time those war bands come out, I look at them and I'm like, like Thundrix Profiteers, I was like, wicked, we're going to get a different, this was, remember, this was when everyone was using chemists to add one to the attacks of a particular weapon, mm-hmm. right? Most of the time, light skyhooks. And then I was like, cool, you're releasing it. It's, you're, the rules are released digitally. So it's not like they're in a book and you have to change them. They're just, you just freaking copy, paste, delete, retype, whatever you want. And I was like, great, it'll be a different thing. I don't want it to be even as strong. I just want a different option for a chemist. And then it came out and it was pretty much exactly just more of the same. And no one took him because it was basic. And that has been my experience of most of the War Cry ones. Uh, <laughs> every time I get excited and most of the time I'm let down. Um, they, they, I, I'm you basically cut the world's bitch. You're basically. <laughs> yeah. But then you get some that are amazing and make their way into every single army of that type. And that's the thing that really frustrates me is you have like this, like we talk about parody and yes, it's huge, but how are so many of them so blindly bad and then like one or two are spectacular. And I'm talking about the whole life of the entire game of underworlds this has been the case it's not like they go like oh yeah oh yeah and then there's it's just like you never take them never take them never take them never take them always in every single army never take them. there's like two or three always in every armies and every other one is just hot garbage isn't, just garbage isn't one poured of the ones, into the orifices isn't one of the ones that's always in every warband of beast of chaos one though yes i mean well, not in every not always but it is really good like the but when your army's also... that bad it probably helps how dare you <laughs> How dare you? I'll have you know that they're all like that. They are one of the best of like. No, I love yeah, these. That was a really cogent response there, Rob. Yeah, you I were just... doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm on Don't an awkward step Don't you talk to me or my goat ever again, James? <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, all right, uh, Jake. Have you got any thoughts on what we might see uh, for the Seraphon Warband? I'm honestly hoping that it functions uh, sort of the same as like Magor's Fiends, where you sort of get a little taste of a couple different units at the same time, but not being better than the units. Just sort of a fun little thing you could throw in that like, it's a little more expensive than a basic unit, but you get a little more utility out of it. Um, But knowing GW, like it could be 40 points and three wizards and come with the Gabapalooza (laughs) battalion on it. I think, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think they probably are going to do like three mortal wounds to everything within six inches of them for the whole game, every phase. Right. That's what I think right. their rules will be. Forty points. That's probably uh, well, about so right. What they have done, they they set a bit of a precedent that depending on the special rules of the the units that are sort of being piecemealed in, they'll pick up those special rules like the the blood stalker in Morgwith's blood coven, right? She does mortal wounds on sixes to hit for her shooting attack. Um, or what's the, there's like mortal wounds coming off of sixes to hit from the Slanesh. Uh, what, what are they called? The dread pageant, right? So like they pick up some of the special rules, but not all of them, right? In Magor's fiends, rip tooth, the, the single flesh hound can unbind a spell, uh, mm. but they don't tend to give all of the special rules. Right, so like, there's no six-inch pile-in coming off of the one sister of slaughter in, in Morgweth's group. So mm. I'm hopeful that they just put an ounce of thought into the like, Mod Podge soup that they're going to make this this war scroll. Uh, and hopefully, with that, 
I mean, they're probably going to give Seraphon another way to stack a plus one to hit or a plus one armor save or something with with the the star priest that's that's going to be there. But maybe it'll function in a way that you're not going to see it spammed because they don't need another thing to make them impossible to ban against in the Super Series when it comes back. They do not. That is true. Good shout. Good shout. And also, nice plug, you babe. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's that's the Seraphon Warband out of the way. And then the only other real news, the only other real news, is of course uh, that there is another preview this weekend. And we've heard about some Age of Sigmar stuff. Uh, so lots to uh, like. We already know the next two uh, broken realms, right? We know Bel- we know Teclos, and we know Belacor. I wonder if you guys have got any thoughts on what you think we might see or what you're excited about. We also know Soulbite Grave Lords uh, are still to come out. So, yeah, have you guys, uh, James, got any thoughts on what you'd like to see? Uh, I I think, like, the start of what we saw from that was pretty cool anyway, the vampire stuff. So it'd be nice to see more of the same. I guess it'd be nice to see almost a whole new army and them not recycle those very now, now very old, like, skeleton models. Um... Mm. especially as I always preferred the Tomb Kings skeletons, I guess, because they were more exciting, I think. Uh, so it'd be nice to see that. Um, I, do you know what I'd really like to see? Tell me. A timeline. <laughs> a roadmap. You a roadmap, both. that's the one. You and me both. We all want a roadmap. Dan, you got any thoughts on what you'd like to see from the weekend? Um, I'd just like to see him get a Grammy, really. Uh, like the fact that he's been snubbed is just really brutal. And so I'd love to see him just get a look in. Uh, you know, you perform at the Super Bowl, you've been at the top of the charts for a full year. I was not impressed with the Super Bowl performance. A lot of people, it was either up here or way down here for you, and and I just didn't understand it. It was oh, no, it went over my head. I'm just a messy prick who loves drama. Uh, I, I don't even. I don't think I've ever watched the Grammys. I have no idea. I can't imagine that uh, watching a, any kind of awards show like that in the middle of COVID is a good time. Sorry if you think it is. Uh, but that was just too, you were lobbed that across the plate for me, Rob. And even my slow, poor, dexterous hand-eye coordination could smack that one. Uh, so uh, just it's okay. Just little side note: if you do that. love messy drama on the internet, don't know if any of you have ever got into beauty guru chatter. Not really my like. I don't generally tend to watch makeup tutorials. I think I watch the average amount of makeup sure. tutorials that everyone watches. Uh, but the the three the, a day, right? Three a day, <laughs> at least two. Uh, so the 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 just blotting my lipstick is hard. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you some time to think there, Dan. That's what I was doing. I was filling the air uh, no, as a professional, giving you some time. <laughs> Jacob, what would you like to see from the weekend? OCRC Bone Reaper Arrow Boys. Just like a hundred and twenty points for twenty wounds worth of ranged support for OCRCs because you know what the game needs more of right now is shooting. <laughs> yeah, don't you think? Especially Bone Reapers. That catapult's I mean, not enough shooting. Yeah, no, exactly. And and obviously that's that's gonna be probably I mean, okay. I say obviously and that guarantees I'm gonna be wrong. But obviously, that's going to be coming out with the, the OBR um, Underworlds set, right? Like, that, that seems like a pretty solid bet. Um, I'm hoping to see more of the Gravelords. Uh, I'm hoping they flesh it out. Because right now we've seen either a couple of characters or just teasers into what the line is going to look like. But everything they've released thus far has been either Underworlds or, or Heroes. And I would love to see... I mean, like, everyone's chomping at the bit for new Blood Knights. 
um, if if we see that, that'd be great. If we see just sort of vampire infantry, that'd be super cool. Um, or just an idea of what to expect from the Gravelords and the, the Cursed City releases. Honestly, I, I don't ever expect clarity from the previews. That's more like that's more like their hype machine, and then they'll tell us later on like when stuff is coming out. But it's very confusing to me that we've gotten a release trailer for Broken Realms Bellicor, but we haven't gotten a release trailer for Techless. It's oh, like people forgot there was a, there, there was a, a video. There's going to be a Broken Realms Techless, and it's oh, I guess you're right. That's when they teased all the Ruru writers. Yeah. Um, but it's really baffling to me that they're already showing previews for Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, <laughs> but they haven't actually released the Chamber of Secrets yet. Like, I don't know how he's going to survive that fucking snake. What's it going to be about? Probably Harry Potter's twin cousin. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, we know he survives because he's uh, he's got a sequel in the works, I guess. Right, so we know that the Broken Realms obviously survive the they are. They're not that broken. Um, they're they're more of the 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 lightly scuffed realms um, that need a bit of a polish. I personally, coming out of the weekend, I would just really like to see, and I, I won't. I'm wrong. I'm 100 percent wrong. But I'd like to see some models and some updates for a book that's more than 18 months old. That's what I would like to Beast see. Beast of Chaos. I know. I know. I won't because that's not how we do it. We like to update a handful of books on a six to twelve month cycle and bugger off everybody else. But I would really like to see some of those older books, not even the ones right at the edge of their lifespan, but just some of the older ones. I'd like them to get a, a scratch of of a look in, um, because Stormcast. I've 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 made it no sorry, like Stormcast. Maybe maybe not them. Uh, maybe not them. Uh, anyone but them. Uh, what, if they, what if they redid the Liberator's uh, War Scroll and made them not awful? I I don't know how I'd feel about that. I think I'd need I'd need some time in a dark room with a bottle of whiskey and just uh, a mirror to look into the void that is my, the so, the hole in my soul where right, the memory out. of Liberators live. And, no uh, and that's where I'd need to find it. No, it's about me being broken inside, not about me being perfect. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, but I'd just I'd love to see but some love are, some man. of the old books. Thank you. I mean, I, I, that's why I say that, to fish for compliments. So Why are you thanking me there. for me calling you broken? I thought you were calling me beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Me too, thanks. Por que no los dos? Like a beautiful mosaic. Uh, anyway, let's can we move on with something that's not about how I look? I'm feeling very objectified. Uh, that's fine. We we're gonna we're gonna Jacob is gonna uh, is gonna shout, do his shout outs before he heads out, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna tag him in. This is our very first live tag team. We've never oh done this before. Um, so. Fuck, you're making me leave. Fine. All right. Let me let me pull up my Twitter, and everybody that liked my latest post is going to get a shout out. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'll take I'll take way too long. I have far too many followers. Hair flip. Uh, <laughs> right, why don't no. you just shout out all the people that didn't like your post and call them bastards? <laughs> yeah, that's easy. That'll take that'll take a lot less time. No. Uh, my shout out is obviously to the only man who will ever occupy my heart, and that's Joe Pagano who is the other member of the Rage of Sigmar podcast. Also, fun fact, if you check his Wikipedia article, nothing in there says anything about being a poser. <laughs> oh. However, well, that's what James said, so just... Just wait cut. five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Until it gets edited. <laughs> I'm imagining the Kermit typing gif now. <laughs> well, Jacob, thank you for uh, being on the show. It's been a delight. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for letting me hostily take over your show. 
and and fill some space. Uh, before I go, I do want to say everyone should buy the objective markers. Having played with them, they're amazing. I played with them twice and then promptly lost them, so I'm going to be buying my second set of objective markers. Oh, nice. uh, and uh, I don't know when people can order these again, but I think it's only right that I go out showing off the underdogs. <laughs> <laughs> It's like he never left. It's like he never... Ne oh! <laughs> Don't worry, Twitch. Terms and services, that was services, a finger. That was a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. Dear God. <laughs> Goodbye. I guess just thought we got banned. Oh, yeah. dear. Oh, dear. My We're making career. it a partner! <laughs> Come on! I wanted to be a partner! Uh, but thankfully... <laughs> Bye, Jacob. Love you. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So I'll just let you two take over for a moment. Uh, what a lovely fella. Uh, and if you guys want to go and check out his podcast, he does it with his uh, bestish mensch, a fella called um, uh, like Joe Pagano. Uh, and I've got to tell you that they're some of the kindest and funniest people that you're going to ever hear. Uh, and they're terrible. Yeah, spectacular humans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Zol. Let's get reported. Uh, thankfully, it was. Thankfully, it was a finger. Uh, right, live. Oh yeah, hold on. Wait, is this Jacob or is this like? It's still Jacob. He just looks way older now. <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> he can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's because that he's just a picture on the undergarments. That's not actually. You need to cut to a camera, Rob. Oh, not, right. not just more, more like stop showing more stuff for your uh, your, your thing. Has Nathan got a different beard this week? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Nate. Hello. Hello. Hey! Hello. Oh, I turned it on. Fuck. We did it. Uh, it's so nice to see you. You were late. Uh, we had your younger self on previously. <laughs> Good. That guy needs to fucking catch a wake up. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, he's not OSHA approved, is he? Let's be serious uh, for a moment. Uh, Nathan, thanks for joining us. You missed the news section, so we're yep. going to have to quickly catch up. Ask you how are you how are you? Are you well? Yeah. All good. Yeah. Yes, I uh, just had a busy day, so yeah, I'm in now. Uh, Have you done any painting this week? Of, uh, no, no. The poor old uh, Gargant has has not, not not had a paintbrush on him this week, so he's still at 53.6% or whatever it was. So yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, very yeah. sad. It was Mother's Day yesterday, so I had to move some beehives, so that's all I did. Not painted anything. You had to move some beehives. Sorry, what? No, yeah. You can't, uh, you you can't. can rewind there for 30 yeah. seconds. I Because you can't let that go. Do you assume that moving beehives is something that, that other people do on Mother's Day? Like that that's yeah, just a regular thing? Well, there were other blokes doing it with me, so yeah, I just assumed everybody did it. Wait, so you're all moving... What did you? What did you? What did you move a beehive for? Uh, just not for anything. I just moved it because they asked if I wanted to help them. So I said, yeah, that'd be cool. I've not done that before. 
I, like, I get that. I get it. And, but the fact that the way you phrased it was just like, oh, yeah, it was Mother's Day. So I moved the traditional Mother's Day beehive. Like, like it was like the, the rest of the world on Mother's Day is just like going like, come on, bees. Let's go over here now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love I love how laconic you are about not everyday things. It's like, oh, yeah, moved some bees. Everyone else was moving bees. So I moved some bees as well. Yeah. What? Got no big deal. Yeah. Not unusual. Well, um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on because I don't know what the fuck to do with you as a person <laughs> and as my friend. Uh, there you go. Right, so we're Good. on to the main... Well, what? No painting. No painting. No Just painting. That. Sad face. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. Is... Uh, is it a Zimbabwean thing? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I'm honest. <laughs> no, Nathan buzzing after. Nathan. Little beats. Uh, Dan asked a question. Go on, Dan, again. Oh, no, I was asking from the chat. They want to know, were you buzzing after? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> they, yeah, it's quite cool because they make noise inside their hive. Yeah, it's cool. I would watch that YouTube <laughs> channel for hours. I want you to yeah. know that for fucking hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, so... <laughs> like, hours of that. So we're talking now... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on uh, 56 minutes in to smash it 50 <laughs> minutes in uh, to the main subject of the show today, which is our our new thing where we do archetypes uh, and we talk about archetypes. So there is now I'm going to put this into some context because uh, this is super important. The We're going to look at a single list pretty much, although we're going to look at a couple of variations. We're going to look at a single list for Ogre Moor tribes. This is pretty much your cookie cutter archetype ogre more tribes list that you'll see at a competitive event that does not mean there are not other builds you if you wanted to you could play underguts yeah you could be uh pask and you could be running all sorts of like grots and gretchen and having a great time yeah if you wanted to be like there's a Stuart mccown build yeah like big shout out to iron gutsman because only iron gutsman can do the iron gutsman build but there is an mm. iron guts build but only one person in the world plays it and has played it well and as of today this is super important uh, or as of the weekend, there is someone with a triple Thunder Tusk list that went four and one, but that wasn't Whoa. Australia. So who knows if that means anything? Well, yeah, it's it. Our meta is absurd down there. Yeah, yeah, Dan. Why, Dan? As a, as an Aussie, can you answer why? Like, what is it? Uh, limited access to oxygen and far too much sunlight. Um, that's the only thing I can. I like down there. We kind of are the butt of the world. Like, I mean, if you think about the world as a person. We're on the back, the lower back area, so there's probably a lot of methane. Um, I know we do a lot of mining there, so I'm assuming that there's just something in the water, and uh, and that has kind of led to us uh, developing these weird ways of looking at the world. Um, but yeah, that's all I can uh, assume. It's like you know those studies they did like on rat colonies where they lock away just a bunch of rats for a long time and then they go insane. That's that's probably what my beautiful people are like. Agreed. Agreed. In, <laughs> truly mental. Can I just thank Jacob Berry for gifting a, a gift subscription in the chat? Uh, also to Dr. Numian uh, for subscribing and Elko Reb. Uh, Dr. Numian says, hey guys, I'm looking forward to the banter while I miss playing with my war dollies. I miss giving everyone a hug most. Who gives the best hugs? I think Nathan. Agreed. But they're also mm -hmm. the most furry. Uh, Marty Hoy, Spleen Stabber, thank you so much. He keeps uh, subscribing uh, for Dan's Rent which is lovely so thanks very much <laughs> uh, thanks rent to... or rant like do you want me to stay like living in a house or do you like it when i get upset by things 
I'm not sure. <laughs> and Grubby says, hey, folks, still, uh, uh, just subscribe, says, hey, folks, still not play more than twice on the same day, this edition. Uh, big shout out to Haywo in the chat. Uh, the King Big uh, is in the chat for the Ogre Moor tribe. So, like, that is mm. exciting. Uh, and if you guys haven't yet, you should check out Haywo's YouTube and his Twitch. Lovely fellow who loves the game and has got loads of cool things to say about it. Uh, is my, uh, yeah, the big, the official big. Right, so, so, while there are loads of builds, pretty much nine, no, I'm not going to pick an arbitrary percentage number, but a lot, a lot of the builds are pretty much a Yorbad, they're in either Blood Gullet or Thunder, uh, or Boulderhead, sorry, they've got a Frostlord on Stonehorn, they got some Mournfang, and they got some. They got some raiders. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about this or some Stonehorn, but we're gonna talk about these slowly. I'm just gonna take a small break right now because I stayed too hydrated. Uh, and Nathan, mm. do you want to kick? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to kick us off for a moment? Can you give us like your general overview of how you think ogres play and like what your thoughts are? I'll be back in a moment. Sure. Are you gonna take the mic so we can hear you piddle? Uh, so obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, them, them ogres are fairly beefy fellas. Uh, but I think, um, obviously, they've been, when they were lumped back together, becoming the more tribes, where you mm. had the beast claw and the ogres coming back together. I think that was probably a good thing for them. It's interesting, though, uh, right? Like, they've come back together. But a lot of the time, you still see lists that either swing one way or the other. Like it, yeah. it, they're they're together in name only, but even like I'm, I I play uh, probably more the 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 ogre side of things, right? Like my yeah. army is mostly ogres with like a, a Mournfang unit in it, and and even then, even in the book, like they're really specific. There are some that are really good for the beast claw side of things, and some that are really good for the ogre side of things, like in in yeah. the sub factions and formations and stuff. But there aren't any that really mix it. And I found that really disappointing, to be honest. Like, it's the, probably the only thing that I miss is every formation is either it's a Yorbad and it's Stonehorns or it's Thunder Tusks and it's Mournfang Riders and that's that. Or it's like it's a Butcher and it's tyr a Tyrant and it's this. Like, it, they're still, their book still feels split down the middle for me. So that's the battalions that force mm. you down that route, yeah. isn't it? Okay. Yeah. But you quite often will see. Like the Yule Bad list, you'll often see them with uh, all the basically their beast claw on tape, but, mm. but then they lob in a butcher. So because the the magic still works for mm. the for both sides, mm -hmm. the buffs work on on keyword ogre, which is good because even the beast claw have got that. I mean, there's some of the critters don't have it. I would have thought uh, like the yetis and the gorges mm. and stuff, but at least. At least the ogre keyword is fairly prevalent mm. across the army, isn't it? So you can you can still use the buff spells, and and obviously the one of the key things is the the battle trait where they have the hungry mm -hmm. and the feeding thing, which which uh, is a pretty simple battle trait, but it's pretty it's really effective. I like mm. it a lot. Uh, Super think, effective. Yeah. It's proper good. So, uh, should we talk about those in detail for a moment? Just, yeah, should, just very we, should we jump onto the battle trait while we've mentioned it? Or yeah, mm -hmm. I think so. I think so. Let, let's let's hit that up straight away for you guys at home. So, Nathan, do you want to do you want to start us off? Sure. So it's called Ravenous Brutes, 
uh, and uh, an ogre exists in one of two states. It's either ravenous with hunger or it's stuffed in its mouth with food. Perfect. So there you go. Uh, if an ogre unit is more than three from enemy units, it's hungry. And if it's within three of enemy units, it's eating. Uh, so you add two to the movement characteristic of a unit that is hungry, and you add two to the bravery of a unit that is eating. So mm. nice and simple, but very effective, like I said. I yeah, I would, yeah, I'd say, like, obviously, the first thing, when we look at the war scrolls in a minute, the first thing to think is that effectively every unit we look at is going to be plus two move, unless it's in mm -hmm. a fight. But, like, that's perfect. Then you right? don't need to be plus two move. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be plus two move. Like, in the chats, people are saying, Percussive Scruff, thank you for resubscribing, by the way, uh, saying um, that it's a really themey rule. And I agree. I think it's an excellent rule and really, really useful. Um, I, or maybe it's really useful on the units that we're going to look at. I think it's useful across the whole board, really, for this army. I think that's. I think it is really, really good. Uh, but yeah, uh, the other one of the other battle traits, trampling charge, is after an yeah, ogre or Rhinox point. unit makes a charge mm. move, you hit one enemy unit within an inch of that unit and roll the number of dice equal to the unmodified charge roll, and then you add two to each roll if the ogre unit made charge move has eight or more models or is a monster, so it's a four up, mm. and uh, on a six up the enemy suffers a mortal wound. So you just got regular rubbish, dudes. You roll an eight inch charge roll, eight dice. Six ups from mortal wound. If you got a monster though, and you roll a big ten inch charge, mm -hmm. roll ten dice. You could do five mortal wounds in that situation. So mm -hmm. your average is a seven inch charge, and therefore you're going to do three to four mortal wounds, which is pretty mm -hmm. good, like for free. Yeah. yeah, just for it's like you got into combat, so now you get to do some stuff before you even do anything else. I the the strong thing with that too is in hitting monsters that are on their full profile it's really easy to knock them down a profile with the impact like from like a, a profile tier which means that suddenly like say you i don't know reduce their ability to hit you and you've got minus one to hit on a unit or something like that suddenly you don't need to pile in with that unit first and when you combine that with black clatterhorn you can just you can absolutely 86 the the ability of a, a a tiered model before they get to fight and then you don't need to fight with that unit first it's a great one-two punch yeah, yeah yeah of course yeah knocking down uh, monster go on nath after you sorry yeah i was also gonna say i mean it also synergizes a little bit with the command ability on the frost lord mm. um, that bellowing voice i mean, it's when you look at the command ability because it, it gives all units within 12 inches the reroll charge roll so it means, yeah, if you really want to, yeah, if, if you're really greedy for that big charge roll, then you can re-roll it. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't have to be a failed charge roll. Mm. So, yeah, if you're three away and you roll your charge and you've got, you're within the bubble and you've only rolled a four, well, then sod it. You may as well mm. fish, go bigger. So roll go, again. Go bigger and more sexier. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the mortal wounds on the charge, the plus move. So these, when we look at the war scrolls in a minute, those mm. are the things to keep in mind. So these are just the battle traits. And you've got might makes mm. right. So basically ogre models count as two models and a, an ogre monster count as ten. That's another great rule. Like really yeah. useful when you get into it, especially with how this list or the list, I'm going to talk about the list next, how the list generally plays. And again, there are other ogre lists and I'm sure there are other people who do well with other ogre lists but this is pretty much predominantly the cookie-cutter version mm. of an ogre list. 
Um, yeah. And obviously, it's making use of that. So I'll read the list out really quickly, and then we'll, we'll deep dive some of the stuff. So big shout out to Pask. So you guys uh, can see on the screen now. Uh, I'll show you the list, and I'll, and I'll put a link to the list in the chat as well. So this is one of Pask's lists that he used at some event. Um, I think it's Hammer Time 5. But they, they, they can change around. Sometimes you've got more Monfang. Sometimes you've got less. Sometimes you've got double Stonehorn Beast Riders. Sometimes you've got less. But this is roughly what it is. So this is a Blood Gullet. Uh, so either Blood Gullet or... Bold ahead, we'll talk about those two in a moment. Uh, a Frostlord on General, uh, sorry, Frostlord on Stonehorn, who's the General, a Huskard on Stonehorn, a Butcher, two, four, two fours of Mournfang, another Mournfang, and then the Stonehorn Beast Riders, and then the Yulbad Battalion. So we're going to basically break down most of this stuff, because pretty much everything that you see here, uh, the Artifact, which is Skull Shards of Dragar, the Mount Trait, which is uh, Metal Crunchy, the other Mount Trait, which is Black Clatterhorn, you pretty much will see these all the time. Sometimes it's double Frostlord on Stonehorn. Mm. Sometimes it's that instead of the Frostlord and a Huskard. Sometimes it's one Frostlord and three Stonehorn Beast Riders. But it's pretty much all of this stuff. The important point is you rarely see Gluttons. You never see Man Crushers. Mm. Uh, not Man Crushers, sorry. Uh, Man Eaters. Man Eaters. Um, yep. Lead Belchers. Uh... Like, it, there are lists that do it. Again, you can play mm. those things. We're not saying they're terrible. I'm just saying if you're playing an Ogre Army, more than likely, this is what you're going to play against. And so mm. for you to be like, this is the whole point of the show, like uh, these the shows that we're going to do. So if you were playing against one tomorrow or if you more importantly wanted to run one, it's kind of a deep dive of these lists that are played a lot competitively. doesn't mean everything mm. else is rubbish. It just means that they don't feature particularly. That's what I'm trying to get at uh, because like... I mean, some of them are rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you were being positive. Stop there. <laughs> okay. Tell us Stop there. The, the viper top. kills the mountain. Turn off the episode. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, okay, so that, that's the list. That's the list. Uh, so like we said, so let's look at the... I think the best thing to look is the War Scrolls first and then talk about all the upgrades that we see later generally, if you guys are cool with that. Um, yeah. And let's, let's talk about the Frostlord on Stonehorn because this is a chunky... Chunker, chunky boy. Uh, so yeah. he's got 13 wounds with a 3-up save. Now, base move 12 inches, but really, that's base move 14 inches. 14. Like, straight off the bat, which is very fast, because mm. you either start 18 or 24 inches apart, which means he's either going to need a 10 or um, a 6-inch charge. Those are the kind of, kind of, like, which is pretty nice. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, when he's got that 18-inch deployment, he just deploys on the line. Super mm. tough. Um, does anyone want to take me through the war scroll? You beauty, got it right here. Uh, so this big boy, uh, unlike a lot of other people, is he's packing a frost spear, uh, two inch range, four attacks, threes and threes, rend one, and a hefty damage of three. Mm -hmm. uh, then he also has punches and kicks, which for any more tribe player is the saddest part of attacking with uh, with any model, <laughs> because like. A dude that hits you with his cannon or a dude that bites you with his chompy teeth is better than them just punching you with those meat fist slabs of hands. Anyway, punches and kicks, three attacks, threes and threes, no rend, damage, one. They never do anything. Uh, they will disappoint you every single time. And every now and then you're like, hey, hey I kicked something. And it's sad. Um, but then the stuff that we want. So we've got the uh, the rock hard horns, which start at six and as it deteriorates, go down to two. They're fours and threes, rend two, damage three, which is why you often see an upgrade on this little beastie that we'll get to. And then the crushing hooves, which are D6 attacks, uh, threes, and then the to wound goes from two to four, depending on how damaged it is. Rend one, damage D3. So he's a, a beast when it comes to what it puts out. 
Uh, so before end... we before we talk about mm. anything else, that's that's big output, big, mm. strong, beefy. Like this is a full bolognese of output. I don't know if bolognese mm-hmm. is like like a, like a, like a... <laughs> no no I'm, I'll allow it. Yeah yeah. Thank you thank you. I was chicken and bacon pie. You know like it's a lot a, is what I'm trying to say. Full mayonnaise in your yeah. case. <laughs> it's, it's it's a Noah's it's a Noah's ark of of animal uh, proteins. Uh, yeah. This bloke's war scroll. Yeah. Let's yeah. just do some like let's do some pie in the sky sort of like before we do any upgrades. Let's do some pie in the sky. Everything hits and wounds right. Frost mm-hmm. spear. Yeah, he's already given us 12 damage. Yeah, mm-hmm. the rock hard uh, hoofs and claws, 24 damage. Mm. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, have I done the math? No, 18 damage. Eight, sorry. That's... 18, for, 18 for his rock hard abs. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Which is often the kind of damage that rock hard abs can do to a person. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so he's what, 12 and 18. So we're at 30 so far. Yeah, and Kids has done goal... all the, all the math, maths for us, but basically 45 wounds total possible damage. And yeah. remember, three of those wounds are from the punches and kicks. <laughs> Important. Yeah. Now, I will point out that that rock hard, rock hard horns, like if you're like, how do I deal with stone horns? Minus to hit is a good start for this army. Yeah. We'll get onto the fact that they can they can sort that out, but like minus to hit is a solid debuff in this situation. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry, Dan, please continue. Please continue, Angel. <clears throat> uh, do we, have we discussed uh, that it's 13 wounds with a three up save yet? That's where I was going next. I was like, he's, a, he's 13 wounds with a three-up save. Mm-hmm. And importantly, he's got a stone skeleton. Now, I know what you're thinking. Dan, skeletons are usually made out of bone. Or it's an exoskeleton and it's some kind of chitin. Uh, but no, his skeleton is stone. And what that means is that he's thick. Like, he just real thick <laughs> when it comes down to it. Uh, and which okay. means he's effectively, he's got a five-up DPR. Yep. And when you combine that 13 wounds, three up save, five up DPR with the pretty generous amount of healing that you can get out turn to turn with um, with the, the more tribes, he's he's a very hard to <clears throat> confidently lower his tier unless you hit it with enough to kind of take it out in a turn or two. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things. Like, so when we when you see these guys play on the tabletop, you can see them played like missiles. Yeah, sometimes they're gonna just generally be threats that like they're like we're gonna charge at some point. It's hard to do chip damage to them with a three up and five up anyway. Um, like that three up's lovely. A mystic shield is gonna be super mint. Uh, that reroll ones to save. Like if you could ever get pluses to save on these, oh dear God, is all I could think. Uh, they would be like super super survivable. Um, and can we talk about all of the pricks that used to give them ethereal amulet for tournament <laughs> play as well? You can go right off and insert your arm all the way up to the elbow inside of the small soundproof compartment that you're all currently sitting on, you bunch of dicks. Yeah, but the point the point Kids with Sids is making in the chat here, like, uh, we'll quickly talk, Earthshattering Charge, add one to the damage inflicted by this model's rock-hard horns and crushing hooves if they made a charge. So that takes the rock-hard horns up to damage four and the punches and kicks up to damage two. So that's just, like, just massive, massive output there. And, like, so this is these come in at 400 points. 400 points for a Frost Lord on Stonehorn of pure energy. And this is the point. Mm. Like, it's a, like, it's a really done, well-done war scroll because it's just this monstrous beat stick. Like, when you see other monsters, you're like, you you wrote the Frost Lord on Stonehorn. Understand you know how to write output. Like I know mm. you know why isn't this in other places, right? Like 
they're terrifying and it's so much sorry dan you continue you've got there's a command ability as well uh, and last but not least, the command ability that Nathan was uh, chatting about before is a uh, bellowing voice. Uh, with a booming voice, the Frost Lord signals the hunt, which basically means re-roll your charges uh, and everyone within 12 inches of him, uh, oh yeah, wholly within 12, all Beast Claw Raider units uh, can re-roll uh, their charges. Not just failed. The sad thing, which we kind of alluded to while you were taking your brief uh, post-hydration break, Rob, is that the book is unfortunately split very clearly down the middle between Beast Claw Raiders and and more tribes. And that's a real shame uh, because almost all of the Beast Claw Raiders, they only buff each other and themselves. Almost all of the more tribes only buff each other and themselves and never the two shall meet. Uh, and even in most of the sub-factions, they are mostly good for whichever one they are kind of like designed around there aren't many cross faction there are no cross faction abilities they're just flat out um and there are it's not like so you could have a frost lord on stonehorn who's running along commanding the charge but all of the gluttons are on foot are like bugger this guy who does he think he is and it's like i'm you but i ride a gigantic death beast And he's like i didn't vote for you and so it's a, it, it's a bit of a shame. It's a bit of a shame there. And I think I've, I've actually, I've sung the praises of this book a lot. And I, I genuinely think it's one of the, the, my favorite written books. I think it's fantastic. Um, but it is definitely a shame in that small capacity for me. I, yeah. I, so I'd say like, so what's interesting about doing this bit, oh, it doesn't matter. We're only focused, like, it's really nice. Actually, this is a nice way of breaking down the tournament list that we see quite often for me to not have to talk about the stuff that I don't think is particularly good, which is <laughs> significant parts of the book. <laughs> so yeah, Dan, right now, only looking at this list in isolation, agreed. Because mm-hmm. uh, you've got this monstrous beat stick, right? Um, mm-hmm. In the Frost Lord and Stonehorn. Uh, and then I guess that's time, really, to talk about some of the upgrades that you can put onto these these different models. So if you go into Blood Gullet or if you play um, as Boulderhead, you get a couple of like different upgrades depending on which one you play as. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read through these. So Blood Gullet, um, if you've got a Butcher, they can cast an extra spell, which is fine. Uh, their command ability is uh, you pick one friendly Butcher until the end of that phase. You can reroll wound rolls uh, made by Blood Gullet gluttons uh, so that doesn't really affect us either so that's not why we see blood gullet the command trait though nice drop of the red stuff Ooh, friendly good units command stu- trait. this is why this is why we we quite often see a blood gullet stonehorn list is friendly units that start a pile in move wholly within 12 inches of this general can move an extra three inches when they pile in and obviously the general is in range of itself so if the general just runs off with another stonehorn or just on his own he's now got a six inch pile in you still have to be within three. It's not the good six-inch pilot, but it is a six-inch pilot. And that's really significant because you can push him into some real solid places. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the artifact of power, another great reason. Because really, this is this is where you're working backwards, uh, which mm-hmm. is a bit different to the Zinch stuff that we saw last time. Last time, we really looked at the change host and the two kind of sub-factions, and we were like, we want to put stuff into those. This is kind of the opposite, where you've got the stone horn, and you want to put that, you want to make the best out of that stone horn. That's kind of how this mm. book works, uh, or at least how it works at the moment at the points values it's at. Um, and then the artifact of power, pick one of the buried melee weapons at the end of the combat phase. For any wounds are inflicted by that weapon uh, in that phase that were allocated to any model and not negated, it can heal D3. And this obviously works super well, Nathan, with the, the more pot, right? Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the more pot has also got a heal ability on it as well. But <clears throat> I was just going to point out the um, that blood gullet uh, command trait, the six inch, the extra three inch. That's really good with these things because they've got the impact hits. So they could, they can go into depleted units, uh, smash them, and then pile in because they have made the charge. Still pile in past, uh, and then yeah, the smashed up. Uh, little screen, uh, especially if you multi-charge with a few, uh, like the list that you've got there has got the three stone horns, so you potentially could wipe out a ten-man screen, but then the whole unit can then pile in six inches, and and they've got the two-inch weapons as well, so that you know the screens really got to be pushed far forward, especially if you've only got ten-man screens. Um, so. Yes, yeah, it's, it's super useful. <clears throat> Super useful. Yeah. And I think also uh, the fact that you can heal another D3 onto this unit that's already tough to de- that's tough to mm. kill yeah. um, is yeah. super good. Yeah, like, I- I'm all in. I think that command trait is brilliant. Like, the thing, the, maybe the only weakness is that obviously it relies on that general, but that general is like just a missile that you're sending off. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's pretty it. tough, isn't it? I mean, yeah. really, if you, when you're looking at these stats, you've just... Uh, it's, if you're playing against them, you really want to be getting a drop on them. You want to be charging them because they get they get significant bonuses on the charge. So if you can pin them in place, you've you've got a bit much better chance, I think, playing Which against them. Playing them, I always find your opponent knows about their output and their damage, and they're just imposing like in general, Mournfang, both Mournfang and Stonehorns. So your opponent doesn't want to charge them because they're like, oh, his output's so incredible. Even when he doesn't charge, I don't want to give them an extra turn of combat. Where it's like, well, actually, like if, then at least if your unit hangs around, I'm tied up in combat, killing whatever you fed me for another turn. You're way better off feeding the Stonehorn and tying it up in your opponent's turn than you are letting it go and decide what it wants to hit especially with that six-inch pylon. The other thing that's awesome about it is that a lot of those Mournfang have big, awkward base sizes. So having an extra three inches to make sure you get in all of the combat, all of the hate in there, it's massive. It's such a huge difference. Yeah. So that's Blood Gullet, right? So really, it's the six-inch pylon from Blood Gullet, and it's the, the heel D3. This is really mm-hmm. what Blood Gullet's given us, as well as, like yeah. a, two ca- as, well as a two-cast wizard. So that's what Blood Gullet gets us. The other version yeah. we see... Uh, which the two-cast is... wizard also combines nicely with your more pot because that obviously gives you the plus one to casting and unbinding as well as the 36-inch. If you mm. do empty your more pot, basically, you get a 36-inch heel, D3 heel, which is great on Stonehorns, obviously, because every wound is, is gold, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, it's, yeah, there's there's an extra wound in every three that you heal, right? Because of the DPR. So the other version that we see, so normally you see the flip-flop, 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 like Dan's decision to, Nathan, I don't know, you missed this bit, he bought 15 new elves as of yesterday. Oh, wasn't it 16? 16 new elves. 16 yeah. new elves. 50. Two boxes of Shadow Warriors, two boxes of Eternal Guard, one box of Phoenix, two Pentient Engines, a box of Skulls, three boxes of Grave Guard, and some Warcry dudes. But it's all because I'm going to be using the Graveguard to turn them into dead elves. This is to murder them. To murder I think them. Nathan, I think Nathan will be disappointed. I think we should just, I just yeah. want to bring it up. Yeah. You haven't even got your me, second elf book yet, have you? Or your third one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a beer. 
<laughs> it's so weird like elf boys are like i can't believe you give me more books and everyone else is like oh, do you know what? i'll take more books uh, <laughs> uh all right so the the, <laughs> the other the other sub faction we normally see is boulder head right so boulder head gives you fearsome breed you add one to the wounds characteristic of friendly boulder head monsters already brilliant obviously in addition each boulder head hero on a stone horn or boulder head hero on a thunder tusk can take an additional mount trait instead. Can be given a mount trait, right? So you can take an additional mount trait on your heroes. That's obviously brilliant. Uh, there's also deadly uh, hail, which is add on to the prayer rolls for pulverizing hailstorm when the boulder head priest is chanting that prayer. So we can skip that. And then he's got the command ability, which is uh, dig deep your heels. Dig deep your heels. Um, you can use this command ability at the start of your any phase, sorry, any phase, and if you do so, you pick a friendly boulder head hero that has a mount until the end of that phase, use the top row on that unit's damage table, which is amazing to just take the stone horn straight back up to, like, even if he's on his very last wound, like, he now is fighting at his top bracket and just doing loads of output. So, great command ability. Command trait is Lord of the Beasts, friendly boulder head monsters, wholly within 12 of the general, at the start of the movement phase, can move an extra inch. So now, instead of going 14 inches, they're going 15 inches. Yeah, they're super fast. And then Artifact of Power is the brand of the Svard. If the bearer has a mount, add one to hit rolls for attacks made by that mount's melee weapons, mm, which makes those awesome. yeah. so good. That four to hit on those horns goes to a three to hit. And even, mm. and like, yeah, really good. And then, but then with uh, Black Clatterhorn, threes to twos. Yes, threes to twos. <laughs> so good. And those fists go threes to twos, right? Yeah, and that's... Uh, sorry, with Blood Gullet, that's what we missed, is uh, obviously people would think to put the Splatter Cleaver on the um, Frost Spear that the Frost Sword has. Threes and threes rend one or two damage three. However, what you don't think is put the Splatter Cleaver on the punches and kicks, threes and fours or whatever, no rend damage one, just to add insult to injury the one time per game it actually works. Um, don't do that. <laughs> oh, the fucking internet. Oh, heartbreak. The internet broke. You guys are still here, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, wait. It, maybe uh, it might not have broken forever. I I look like I'm like here. Let's no, just have wrong. a cheeky beer. Yeah, no, we're good. Okay. Oh no, I think it has crashed. Oh, no, we're still alive. No, we're we're good. Us. I'm okay. watching myself drink. Rob okay. doesn't know how the internet works today, but yeah. Okay, thanks. Appreciate you. All right, that's good because <laughs> otherwise, chopping the videos together is a nightmare. Such a dream. Um. Anyway. Okay. So then, so then the two sub factions we've talked about. Yeah, that's sweet. We're going to talk about mount traits oh. in a minute. Yeah, that's important. But I think one of the things to touch on is um uh, the battalion right which is the yulbad so this is super important yeah. you almost always see this battalion always really the battalion is the kind of the key point of the army key focus here is it drops the army down pretty low it's a melee army that can move very aggressively into like a very strong alpha fight doesn't have mm. a, like any range threats really so, like, having that low drop and making those decisions and being allowed to make those decisions, I think, mm. is really important. So, an Earl Bad mm. is 140 points. It's got a Huskard on Stonehorn, 
one to three Stonehorn Beast Riders and two to four Mournfang Pack Hunters. Right. Mm. So, and it's got the ability, which is, uh, and don't forget the Mournfang can be battle line, so that's super important. And the ability is Crush Mangle Tenderize. If the unmodified hit roll for an attack made by a melee weapon used by the model from this battalion is a six, it inflicts a mortal wound in addition. So you're just mm. stacking more damage on the Huskard on Stonehorn, um, uh, the Beast Ri- Stonehorn Beast Riders, which we'll talk about in a minute, and the Mournfang as well. Mournfang is particularly good, but I would say one of the key features, extra artifact, extra mount trait, mm. uh, and also a CP, which is hit neither here nor there, uh, and also that low drop. I think these are the, the crucial elements for why you yeah. often see the mm. heal bad. Like, and again, I, go on, Dan. I actually just wanted to jump in and say, having played this, managing your CP is actually big. So having that extra CP is really, really good for, for two little elements. First is you can't afford to fail a charge, which means that you're generally either using the Frost Lord commands abil- Frost Lord's command ability or you're saving it to reroll failed charges. Or the flip side uh, is to use it to reroll ones to hit in combat because uh, you don't only a handful of units naturally generate the reroll ones to hit. And when your output is as high as it is, there are a lot of times where you go into something and you need to make sure that you can go into something else afterwards. So uh, I'm just going to say CP is you often are scraping the the bottom of the barrel to use it right when you need it. And it's it's real important in these uh, for these lists. When you've got such a small uh, kit with what which to work, you can't afford for any of it not to. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, uh, so let's talk about mount traits. So this is super important as well. Uh, oh, we, yes. Uh, there's, we've got Black Clatterhorn and Metal Cruncher, kind of the key points to talk about here. So Black Clatterhorn is add one to hit rolls for attacks made by these models Rock Hard Horns. So plus one to hit on those Rock Hard Horns, which, as uh, we saw talked about in the chat, um, having that mount trait so that you have that plus one on one stone horn and then the brand of the svard on another so you get plus one to hit in two different places as opposed mm. to double plus one to hit feels like the right decision to kind of split it across but like depends on what you're up against really so plus one to hit on the rock hard horns don't forget those those damage three or damage four on the charge attacks and then metal cruncher at the start of the combat phase uh pick one enemy war machine or one enemy unit with a save characteristic of four plus Three plus or two plus that is within three inches of this model, the enemy unit suffer, immediately suffers D6 mortal wounds. So it just, boom, D6 mortal wounds, which is just incredible. Like you said, Dan, I think one of the mm-hmm. things about this is you throw in a metal cruncher mm-hmm. stone horn into a monster, impact hits, so there's mortal wounds on the charge, plus the metal cruncher, you could be looking at like your monster half dead before it even gets to fight, even if it would, and probably mm-hmm. the stone horn's going to kick its teeth in. Um, so it's just so good. Nathan, you got any thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, though, again, I think that <laughs> those two um, traits are the ones you're going to see all the time. So it's another, I was going to say, another plus to the boulder head thing, but then I assume you get an extra mount trait for each of your battalions anyway, and if you're only taking the two hero... Maybe, maybe, one more time, maybe Nate. It's not. Maybe it's, uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it's another thing. If you're not going to take the battalion, then, and you'd, but it's an. Oh. 
Oh, he he slid back. He's turned back into undergarments, I think. <laughs> he's turned back into pants. We've got you, Nate. We believe in you. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I personally I my reason for putting uh, like loving metal cruncher on a fro- on a stone horn is it's too in part exactly what we were just saying rob you take them down a couple of tiers before you even fight if you go into a monster but the amount of times your opponent throws 10 little 10 man uh units in front of you as uh, a screen right and then you go in with your charge and you do let's say you're averaging seven so you're doing four mortal wounds there so you're doing another three to four so seven to eight mortal wounds on average uh, with a with a standard charge from a stone horn with metal cruncher before you choose who to pile in with because the the impact happens when you hit and metal cruncher happens at the start of the combat phase so then what you can do is with and this is why i love it in blood gullet with your big six inch piling you can then pile in around the screen with his big old base to get into whatever you needed behind there and it is such a clutch move when and that's when he's like, just charged on his oh, own yeah. right dan yeah, like, that's, that's when he's just, just charged... by himself. Yeah, he's yeah, standing like... there being like, don't worry, boys, I got this. Yeah, and like that's and not the... if you haven't sent in an accompanying Stonehorn, a Stonehorn Beast Rider, or even a Mournfang pack, done a bunch more mortal wounds on the hit, giving yourself even more space. Like, it's really interesting. A couple of points I thought I'd like to raise. James, jump you in on this one. Um, isn't it hilarious how good a Frostlord and Stonehorn is versus how rubbish a Bloodthirster is? Just mm. the best. Mm. Hot take. <laughs> but I, th- I think like we talk about this quite often mm-hmm. or i talk about this quite often and i think the problem is like you see a stone horn and you're like it's kind of like a woolly mammoth it's got giant tusks it's got a little fat guy on the back he's hungry he's got a big spear like what does he want he wants some food he wants to destroy everything in his path great like his story i like the fact he's hungry i've been hungry i know what that feels like I haven't rode a woolly mammoth, but I imagine it's great. I'm on board. I love his narrative. (laughs) And then I see a bloodthirster, and I'm like, what do you want? And he's like, blood in schools. I'm like, whose blood? Anyone's. I'm like, okay. Whose schools? Anyone's. And I'm like, oh, that's boring. So boring. So boring. And I think think that's a problem with bloodthirsters. They're like, what do I want? Blood Blood in schools. What have I wanted for the last 40 years of Games Workshop? Blood and skulls. <laughs> oh, I can't be bothered. It's anyone's. Like, they know there's a stone horn somewhere killing everything. They're like, I'll just follow him. Like, yeah. I don't have to hit anyone anymore. So, uh, Nathan, another question. So, to throw over to you, how do you feel about the Fossil Lord on Stonehorn's output versus a Moor Crusher? Moor Crusher, more points. 460 for a Moor Crusher. Uh, Frostlord and Stonehorn. Like I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm saying that there's a 60 point difference. Do you think yeah. Warcrusher brings something to the army that the Frostlord and Stonehorn does, or just the Frostlord and Stonehorn is just a beat stick better? That's all I'm asking. Uh, I'm not... No, I, I would say the output's similar. I mean, the the dude on the top. I would think uh, the actually the orc war boss is actually uh, potentially more damage output, or a very similar damage output. Depends on how far into the game it's gone. Uh, and then the Moor Crusher, um, with its big fists, uh, they're, they're Ren 2, and they're also damage, uh, damage 2 or 3. So, the, yeah, there's a lot of damage coming out of the Moor Crusher as well. So 
I would I would say damage wise they're fairly similar. And the nice thing about more crushers is obviously it can fly. Um, one of the things that a, a big cow animal can't with its stone skeleton it just wanders around. I mean, I think, the, well, the, obviously the the stone horn having the five up DPR is is pretty sweet. Uh, the more crusher, they both got the three up save, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think uh, the fly keyword is 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 proper nice. Pretty clutch. Yeah. Also, and the like, pos- go on, Dan. I was gonna say, and the possibility for the more crusher to like bounce from unit to unit if it's impacted, yeah. it's kill it. Like it, I know that very rarely happens, but it it does okay on occasion, and then that's just hilarious. Uh, yeah, also, 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 there's also the there's also mighty destroyers, right? So double move. So you got that effective twenty four inch potential like movement, like which is pretty big, smashing and bashing as well. So I think there's a good conversation. So maybe that sixty point difference is justified. Uh, but I just thought it was it would be fun to talk about. So um, that's pretty much everything uh, to talk about when it comes to the actual stone horns, um, uh, like that we could talk about. Uh, we've talked about Splatkeeva. Oh, we haven't talked about the short the short the shards Huskull shards of Dragar. Uh I'm I'm not good at saying that. <laughs> uh, Dan, do it again. Do the... it again. <laughs> I'm not doing just... it again. You can fuck off. Everyone's I love it's one of those ones that everyone's really confident at the start of. You know, like the skull shards of <laughs> which is where it's the opposite of the KO. See, to this day I still mispronounce KO. So really unconfident in the first word. I'm like, overlords. The overlords is what they are. I love it. It's my favorite part of like naming things in this hobby. I would always be like, no one will ever pronounce the back part. They'll always just go with the first. Uh, yeah, the skull shards. Hoo-hoo, baby. Uh, where did we go? Because I want to find the flavor text for them as well. Just if, so, you know, if we're going to do it, we may as well, com- you know, commit to doing it right. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The skull up. shards of Drarara. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, strange magic clings to the shattered skull of this once powerful mage. Oh, that Gosh. was his name. Oh, that poor bloke. Dragar. Can you imagine going through your entire life and everyone's just like, oh, hey, you... Because they're not confident about trying to pronounce your name. Anyway, uh, once per battle, the bearer can attempt to unbind one spell in the enemy hero phase as if they were a wizard. If they do so, that spell is automatically unbound. Do not roll 2d6. So basically, you've got some old mage's noggin. He's passed away, but there's still a little bit of life left in him. And you just smash his earthly remains to pieces to stop someone doing what he loved to do in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, that's pretty much the the happy place. So the other the other quick item to talk about is the Alvagar rune tokens. Once per battle, at the start of the hero phase, the barrack uses artifact. If they do so until the end of the next hero phase, you can reroll hit and wound rolls for attacks made by the bearer, and reroll saves for uh, attacks that target the bearer. Now this works kind of okay on the Stonehorn because the rerolls to hit and to wound actually only apply to the Frost Lord on top or the Huskard on top, and not to the mm. actual mount uh, because that's how it works however the reroll saves obviously affects the whole model so that three up rerollable save so if you're sending him off as a missile it's pretty good it's pretty nice mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like you send him off uh you make it so he's got plus one to hit from the mount trait that's not bad that's not bad like and it makes him a lot more survivable for the turn problem is is that you it's only 
uh, once per battle, and it only affects to the next hero phase. I mean, it's quite nice. You can kind of keep them in, but you see that quite a few times as well. Mm. All right. Uh, the, no, there's on. also just... the spell. Uh, because on that list that you've got there, because it's a blood gullet, the mm. guy's got the extra spell, so he's gone with the molten entrails. Yeah. And that giving you... So it's cast on a seven, uh, and it affects a more type monster, one monster within 18... Uh, and until your next hero phase, they get plus one damage to the melee weapons used by the monster's mount. Mm. Which is nuts. So it takes them up to mm. damage five on the Black Clatterhorns, right? Uh, yeah, where, yeah. so when he's charging in, his, uh, Sorry, his, his big horns are damage five, horns. and his other uh, his toes are damage D3 plus two. Which is nuts. Yeah, yeah. so so mm. much output. Yeah, so sorry. So that was the uh, the spell that we see as well. So yeah, I was gonna I was gonna come back to that, but yeah, hundred percent. Mm. That's what's so the front. Go on, Dan. After you. Oh, the the one thing that we kind of skipped over, but it is important, is you would almost never put combat artifacts on your huskard because I I realized we were talking about the frost lord, right? And people were like, oh my gosh, frost lords are badass, but the huskard doesn't have a weapon. He has a bird that he throws at you. He's like, here, have my freaking budgerigar that does one mortal wound to one of two units, one picked by you, one picked by your opponent, and it's 50-50 whether the bird actually does what it's been trained its whole life to do or whether it just goes like, yeah, nah, buggy, I see some chips, I'm going for those. Uh, and then other than that, he only has punches and kicks. That's it. Great weapon. That's all he Great has. Weapon. You said he, you told us earlier how good punches and kicks was. He, that's why I modeled. So I took the ogre off of my stone horn for my huskard, and I modeled a grot. Uh, there's a, a noblar <laughs> riding it because I'm like I'm like a noblar with three attacks doing damage one. That's a hero noblar. That is not a hero ogre. <laughs> a hero ogre does not have three attacks doing what my gluttons do more damage. How did this? dickhead managed to tame a freaking stonehorn and then he like taps you and somewhere there's a free guild greatsword being like ah yes your punches have the same strength as my sword bugger you huskards put your manners back in and get a real weapon uh, but that's <laughs> oh, wow. also why that's also why you'd never put a lot of these artifacts or anything like that on your huskard because your huskard doesn't do anything he is he is a delivery mechanism to point the stonehorn in the right direction I'd say that's fair. All right, so we are going to talk about... I mean, there's not tons more to talk about <laughs> with, with, with the difference between a Huskard and, of course, um, uh, a, a Frostlord. Uh, apart from the Huskard is going to be in your Yulbad, and that's going to be super important, having him in your Yulbad. So really key having him in there. Uh, now, the Stonehorn Beast Riders uh, are, like, again, 12-inch move, 14-inch base, uh, bold ahead, 15 inches, uh, if they're near the general. So amazing little units uh, that you can have in there. They've got the harpoon launcher and the chain trap uh, in the in there. But they've got, most importantly, they've got the punches and kicks. They've got six of those. And they've still got those rock-hard horn attacks. Six attacks, fours and threes, rend two, three damage. And they get that plus one damage if they charge as well. So they're just an amazing... Oh, I wasn't showing this the entire time. <laughs> so meant to be shown on the screen, sorry. So again, just an amazing piece. One of the key points, though, with the Beast Riders is the stone is the blood vulture. So if you do have mm. a Blood Vulture, if this model's armed with a Blood Vulture, at the start of your shooting phase, you can pick an enemy unit within 30 on a 2+, it suffers a Mortal Wound. It's pretty rough if there's a couple of Blood Vultures, because you can start to really feel threats on your characters at the back of the board. Like, ah! quite early. Yeah, it's just... Rah! It's a dumb bird. 
it's it a, a dumb bird. But it's <laughs> works, re- it works works super well, man. Yeah, caca. <laughs> yeah, but the amount of times I'm like, go bird, and it's just like, chips! And you're like, oh, Have it's you... every time, if a model's down to one wound, if it's down to one wound, there is a 100% chance that that bird is just going to piss off and go and like be like, oh, I thought I saw some seed. Like that's what's going to happen. Have you ever have you ever met a seagull? Uh, I think I saw one once. <laughs> uh, okay, if you ever come to England, I'll take you somewhere with seagulls. We'll throw some chips on the ground and see what happens. Yeah. Mm. It's oh, we'll they... just put them in your hands and we'll Ooh. see what happens. The, the difference between... So seagulls in Australia are very small, right? They're there annoying, but they're small. And then I came to Canada where their seagulls are migratory. These things are goddamn albatross. Like, it's like... <laughs> they're right. like it's like a, a white cannonball with wings. I, the first time I saw one, I was like, oh, my God, they're jacked. Uh, so, yeah, I, we, we <laughs> Canada has the most messed up geese, which I love, and the most messed up seagulls, which for some reason make me feel emasculated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, all right, so just another thing to point out with the Stonehorn Beast Riders. So they don't have a three-up save. They've got that four-up save on 12 wounds, but they've still got Stone Skeleton, right? So they've still got that five-up yeah. DPR. Right, so they're not the easiest thing to get rid of. Like they're they're still super tough, and the fact that you can put like a, like uh, you can put one to three in your yield bad if you want to, I think is super useful. And they're three hundred points for a huge beat stick. Like they're like a good monster. They're like what other monsters wish they were. They were like, I wish you were something this good. Um, so they're just. And they really... count for 10, 10 on a on an objective, which is gold, proper uh, gold. They also do the mortal wounds on four pluses because they've got the monster keyword. Mm-hmm. So super important. You've got that monster keyword in here. Like really, really strong. Can't like, yeah, 300 points is brilliant. Like really, really brilliant. Like, and again, just talk, when we talk about this list, this list rarely goes five and oh, but it very often goes three, two, four, one, very consistently. This is a very consistently competent list that you can do like mid table to top table kind of like work on. Um, so like and and sometimes I think it's actually uh, we'll talk about DPS checks. We were talking about DPS checks today. Actually, we we're talking about the Mega Gargants. Uh, we we're talking about Blight Kings. We're talking about uh, DPS, which obviously we shouldn't talk about. So because uh, damage per second doesn't make any sense. So damage per round uh, or damage per activation or <laughs> prevention roll. Yeah. Depth of anyway. The, uh, the other thing which I think quite a few uh, ogre players forget as well. Uh, is the grasp of the Everwinter that uh, other battle trait that they've got, and it affects so all of these monsters. Uh, and basically, you roll a dice for the for the Beast Claw Raider units, uh, and if you roll less than the current battle round, they, they just do D three mortal wounds to anything that's within three inches. So, um, yeah, uh, I th- that's. Uh, just a nice little thing. I've seen a couple of battle reports where the guys have forgotten to roll it, and I think it's just a, a lovely little piece of chip damage that becomes really consistent as the game progresses. So really good for freeing up your dude. Yeah, I've been yeah, playing yeah. them for two years, and I haven't remembered that once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I was going to say, loads of people forget it, but every I think time. it's a really good thing if you remember. Every yeah. time I finish the game and I'm just like, yeah, cool. And I'll be thinking about it and I'll be like, 
damn it! And then I'm like, okay, don't forget, I wrote it on my hand. I wrote it on my dice rolling hand, which is my right hand, with my left hand, so it was really messy. But I was like, I cannot pick up dice without seeing this. And I forgot it every round of the game. I got a you tip, actually. You need to do it on your Stonehorn's ass. No, yeah, I disagree. <laughs> I think on you should start... I think you should start every single round with some ice cubes in your pocket. And then like, as because think about it, they're cold initially. <laughs> then like 30 minutes in, they'll start defrosting and like making you let weight. You're like, what the fuck is my... <gasps> Everwinter. <laughs> it's a blessing. And then you <laughs> every time. <laughs> Same mm-hmm. as why that you've blessed yourself. Yeah. Right. Uh, there was a there was a request in the chat, Rob, because we spoke about using the Yulebad to drop your to lower your drops, but we didn't actually talk about using it for what it it does. Oh, we did. We never. We did. Oh, we, okay. we actually I'll, spoke about the formation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll bring I'll oh. bring it back for you. No problem. So the Yulebad okay. has got unmodified hit rolls of a six, do a mortal wound in addition. That's so right. So you yeah. get more output. It's mm. really, really, really good. Like it, like it's super useful. Now you don't get tons of attacks, but I mean, if just the so the Husguard has got like because uh, it's got a bunch of attacks. Uh, but we'll talk about we'll talk about the let's talk about the key unit now. Actually, let's talk mm, about yeah, the these, Mournfang. Oh, mournfang. Noblars. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, not Noblars. What the hell? Yeah, that's, but, that's but the uh, the Husguard also buffs. We didn't mention his command ability. He actually buffs the Mournfang unit if. If you got the command points to spare, which uh, is, is, I don't know. Uh, you probably use them all up on the charge one, maybe. I don't know. Toss up if how close you are, if, if you're going to use it on the reroll charges or if you're going to reroll ones to hit or if you're going to burn it so they get the extra plus one damage on the tusks. Uh, I don't know which way they go. So uh, what's the specific uh, command ability? You, again, so the Husqvar one is. Uh, I'll just bring it up now, so I can tell you. Oh, it's on the bloody. Uh, I believe it. Husk. It. it uh, it's for the Mournfang, right? Like the actual the battle. Yeah. Battle. Bits. Yeah. So it's it's line breakers. If you use the command ability at the start of the combat phase, pick one friendly Mournfang pack unit uh, that's made a charge move in the same turn and wholly within twelve. Uh, when you use the Mournfang charge ability in that phase, you add two to the damage inflicted by the tusks instead of one. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, as, a, as, a more, as a Mournfang player, what would you do? Because they have got uh, makes the tusks of four attacks. So it makes, yeah, it changes them from damage one to damage three. Uh mm. But they only hit on fours, so I don't know. Which the best you can get that down to if you have the um, the bloke uh, with the cauldron, who personally, like the butcher on foot and the cauldron butcher are the same points. I usually go the cauldron butcher because he's never casting his signature spell anyway, and the chance to get plus one to hit is always worthwhile for me. Uh, so mm-hmm. you can get them down to threes, and then they become threes and threes, rend one, damage three, with like a unit of four of them pumping out what, so 16 that's if they charge. So, like, just some clarity. If damage charged, one, yeah. uh, command ability gives them damage two, and then on the charge, damage three from the Mournfang charge, uh, which is significant, right? Because they come in packs of two. So, you've got eight attacks coming out of the unit. 
uh, force mm. threes, like you say, rend one, and then initially damage one, but then two with a spell and three, or just flat two. And that's still pretty nice in the output. I think what's important mm. here um, is if you t- go for the... I mean, <laughs> it depends how ballsy you're feeling. Like, So I feel like when you're playing inside uh, a Yobad, it makes sense to go for the... the culling clubs on the the mournfang so that's one of their melee weapons uh mm. because then you've got three attacks so it's six attacks so seven attacks per model to try and proc some mortal wounds um with no rend or two and then two damage or you just go all in two big attacks that do another three damage at rend one um and try and chop them mm-hmm. down interestingly a gargant hacker this is super important gargant hacker damage three mega gargants damage two <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, it's designed to bring down gargants, specifically yeah. uh, uh, designed to eliminate them. Well, um, there we go. See, it's because they nicked the gargants weapons. It's the mm-hmm, gargants hacker. That's it. Actually, that's that's the that's... we found the reason. <laughs> we found as it. As soon as the gargants get their hackers back, then they'll be back to damage three. But these oh, fuckers Rob, have nicked them. Rob <laughs> Nath missed the important information from the start of the show. Oh yeah. About uh, about the Mega Gargants. Oh, yeah. That, no, uh, uh, performed uh, at SAGT. Oh, yeah. Dude, two <laughs> events. Two events. VGT, SAGT yeah. this weekend. They went, three armies went four and one of Mega Gargants, Nate. Yeah, I saw, I saw your uh, lunchtime show where you were doing the, uh, the roundup of what Australians do with Warhammer. And it's very <laughs> impressive. It's very impressive. impressive. <laughs> <laughs> they like the big fellas down there. Mm. They do. They like all of it. Destruction did generally quite well, Nath, which is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Very good. Uh, right. Yeah, I believe there was a, a Gitz army with some with a Gargant in tow. Went that three and two. Well. Yeah. Great. I I personally, like, there's actually, uh, one of my favorite conversations is between people deciding what weapons Mournfang should have between the Culling Club, Clubs and the, the Hackers. Mm. I For me, it depends on what army they're in. If you're in Blood Gullet, I go Culling Club or Prey Hacker because you've got more of a chance of getting into that one. But if I'm not in Blood, because they get that extra three-inch pile-in, so six-inch pile-in, you're getting in range. But the amount of times I've had two Mournfang in a four-man unit that couldn't reach, but their Gargant Hackers can reach over, and between them they might get an extra three or six damage that I wouldn't have got otherwise because my opponent had played well and blocked me in. It was worth its weight in gold. So I, I personally, I, that's where I kind of, I find it interesting because when you're only hitting on fours, you're not getting many through with those Gargan hackers unless you've got some buffs on the unit. It's mm. true. It's true. That's uh, a, a, a solid point. Now they, they've got six wounds each and they've got four up save. So they cost 140 points for two. So you've got 12 <laughs> wounds basically with a four up save for that 140 points, which is just brilliant. They move nine. They're hungry, so they're moving eleven inches. So they're fast, and they can—they can't quite keep up with Stonehorn, but they're—they're they're potently fast, which is super useful. Morfang charge we've already talked about. You can add one to the damage inflicted by them, or you could go for having an Iron Fist in the uh, the Culling Clubs. And if the unmodified uh, save roll for an attack might be a melee weapon, um, that target's unit is armed with a an Iron Fist, basically a six. So if I make a six up to save, I basically reflect a mortal wound back. So some people take that. Um, that they go for the Iron Fist as a way of putting that in. I'm not certain that that's mm. really worth it to put in there, but I could see why. Um, and I don't think that's why you would uh, particularly take it. Banner Bearer adds plus one to the bravery. 
Uh, and obviously, don't forget, if you're in combat, that's another plus two bravery. Uh, so you can end up on bravery nine. So mm. your little packs of two definitely are safe. And obviously, your pack of four, fairly safe, uh, ultimately. Mm. Uh, you're, the Skalg uh, <laughs> gets a pistol, so you get a cheeky D3 shot. And then the Hornblower <sighs> gets to add one to your charge rolls for this unit. Hey, hey. Yeah, which is which is super good. Um, uh, but the unmodified, and they also get the impact hits that we talked about before. So they're going to do mortal wounds when they hit, uh, which I mm. think is uh, oh, Will Dockerall, thanks for resubscribing, big love. Um, but that's like it's a lot of output, right? So if you take a unit of four, if we talk about a unit of four for a minute, it's, mm. it's two hundred eighty points, which is pretty cheap. Uh, it's a lot of wounds, right? It's twenty four wounds on a four up save, so it's a, a chunky, chunky amount of wounds. Uh, and then for for that unit of four, which is a very difficult base size to move around, but you can end up... We'll just talk about the, the tusk attacks for a minute. So you're going to end up with 16 tusk attacks, and if you uh, charge, they're doing damage too. Like, mm. you know, um, half of them hit on fours. Um, maybe they get pushed to fives, so it's going to be a little inconsistent. But you, you've got so many attacks from that unit that you can push through that you could you could, you could do really well. Like, minuses to hit hurt this whole army. Like, we, mm. There's no way around it. There's no way to ignore that conversation. Um, but if you cannot hit that unit with the Mournfang, if there's something out there that's not got minus one to hit, I'm pretty certain the Mournfang, four Mournfang are going to run through it pretty nicely. That's how I feel. Mm. Um, Nets, obviously, still being the most powerful weapons in the Age of Sigmar <laughs> universe. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so that Mournfang pack. Like, and, so, and the reason that we, we're talking about them and the reason that they're in the list is because you talk about the Mournfang because you're talking about the Yorbad. That's what you're talking about. So each one of those single Mournfang with their seven attacks or their six attacks, they're rolling for sixes to hit as well. And those sixes to hit are going to cause an additional mortal wound. So there's a bunch of output there. And they're pretty cheap, really. Like, that's a nice mm-hmm. amount of wounds. 24 wounds for 280 points is nice. Or even twelve wounds for one hundred and forty points. Like it's, they're, they're nice, right? They're they're heavy cavalry. I think mm. uh, the destruction heavy heavy cavalry because these and the Gorgunters are they're great, aren't they? And they're mm. fairly comparable. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, these are probably not quite as much damage as a Gorgunter unit, but yeah, they're quite survivable. And they're nice. So, yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, you can also buff a Gorgrunters to high heaven, right? Like the damage yeah. two on the Gorgrunter, but more importantly, big war Gorgrunters with those twos and twos, those pluses to hit, like yeah. make him, they go really reliable, I think. Uh, yeah, which is quite yeah. Nice. Having access to plus one to hit would really, really uh, be a bonus to this army. And if, if ever plus one to hit becomes a thing that you can get through a, a spell or maybe one of these broken realm books or something like that uh i think armies like the ogres and uh, gits and them they'll be happy fellas mm. maybe uh, spot on. maybe maybe one of the uh underworld's warbands maybe yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah if for any reason uh, a generic way to get a plus one to hit it's going to be so useful on these board a hundred percent agreed with that nath i'm going to grab another beer do you want one while i'm up I'd love one. Great, oh, I'll get you. God. I'll get you. Uh, and James, you can suck it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, that's me sending pictures of copying down in millions of things all week. Now there are some more things you can do with this, like we talked about. Uh, you can have the slaughtermaster and you can have the butcher. Those are the other two things. Really, the most important thing that you're getting from the slaughtermaster is when you go into your blood gruel 
and you look around and you try and get it out. Now the problem is, so uh, so, and you're looking for spine marrow, which is a three to four, right? You pick a friendly ogre unit, wholly within 12 inches of this model, and you add one to hit rolls for attacks with that unit. Um, uh, made by melee units until the start of the next hero phase. So you could include a Slaughtermaster in your army to hopefully get Spine Marrow and get those pluses to hit. I mean, everything else is pretty good in there as well, but really you don't generally seem to... Do, seem, you, don't, you don't see that, ultimately. That's not what you see. And that's it. I know that that's like, oh, we've only talked about like three war scrolls, but that's how the that's how it works. Like it's super simple, it's super on the nose. It's a battalion, like it's like it can just be a two drop. So if we look at past blood gullet list and just go over it again, he's got a frost lord on Stonehorn, who's got the nice drop of the red stuff with the big pile in. He's got the splatter cleaver and the black clatterhorn. So this guy is like pimping. You got husk guard on Stonehorn. He's in the battalion with the skull shards of Dragar. And he's also got Metal Cruncher. And then there's a Butcher with Molten Entrails, like Nathan said, for that plus damage. And he's also got the Rib Cracker spell. And then two lots of four Morphang, which is just a lot of wounds. That's 48 wounds uh, forty-eight wounds on the board uh, for two lots of 280 points. So for 560 points, those are going to hold some pretty decent objectives. And then there's another Stonehorn Beast Riders unit. So it's just all output all the time. And it's a two, no, three drop list. So it's a three drop list. So you're dropping super low and you get to make the decision. Like, yeah. super nice. Yeah. Really, I, really I good. would also point out um, the spell that he hasn't got, which might be interesting if you take um, several of the Mournfang packs, is if you take the Blubbergut Stench as your extra spell. Yep. Because uh, that gives that turns your uh, Mournfang into monsters when they do the charge. So they're doing their mortal wounds on a four up instead of a six up. So that's quite a nice little combination, especially if you're going with the extra units of Mournfang. So, mm. yeah, I think uh, Lee Bromley's also pointed out in the chat um, uh, is that this is like one of the cheapest armies you can put together. This is three start collected boxes of like pure fun, like, and I honestly like I, I like. I'm a little bit disappointed with the rest of the book. I've got to be super clear. And I've got to be super clear that some people have done really well with other elements of the book. But so many people run this part of the book. So many. Mm. Like Iron Guts and Iron Gutsman has done super well with this. Like Thunder Tusks somehow did great at the weekend. Th <laughs> triple Thunder Tusk, mate. Like <laughs> went four and one. They didn't even mess up. And it wasn't like a little bit. They did really well. Uh, so... And uh, they were they were in um, oh what were they in like which sub faction were they in? Cause I've forgotten. Uh, uh, weren't they in? Oh, I can't remember which one they were in. Doesn't matter. Anyway, the uh, so but the the whole army works just pure aggro all the time. Uh, that you're... was the the what the husk the the frost the fucking so snowballs thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Torbad, I think it was. Yeah, they were mm. in Torbad. That was it. Yeah. Um, but like that was an aberration, so we're not talking about that today. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it was in Winterbite. So yeah, Torbad Winterbite. Um, but that's an aberration. So well, maybe we'll do that on another show another time. But like we'll see if that ever repeats the results. And if it does, maybe it's just one genius uh, with one list that no one knows how to play. Uh, but this is the general vibe. So uh, Dan, I already know that you you like this army and you've already mm. played it. What are your thoughts okay. having like gone through it again? Uh, going through it again, I, I almost always came down on the side of blood gullet. 
um, to be completely honest. And I'm starting to see the the appeal of maybe trying out some Boulder Head. Um, I, I just, I prefer Blood Gullet. I think it's stronger. I think uh, it means you only need one wizard because they've got two spells. And especially if you're picking a couple of buff piece spells, you don't need to worry about their distance from things. The only thing that the more I look at it, the more I think could be kind of useful is that that two block of Mournfang, are they necessary for the Yorbad or is it two to four for the Yorbad? Because the uh, two to four, because the one thing that this list for me misses and the one and every and I, I've played this list a couple of times because or like a variation on it because I had to try it is it's missing something you can reliably leave on your home objective to Nubla. hold down the fort. I'm an enabler. I would put like for if you were to drop the, the the two unit of Mournfang, you could put in either a unit of 20 Noblars just at the back of the board to hold down the fort with next to the Butcher, next to the Cauldron, so you can make them immune to Battleshock if you need to. Um, or even a, a unit of Ogre, like just Ogres for their beefiness, just to sit there and hold it, have a few more bodies on the objective and take it. It's, I think, the, the one area for me that I sometimes see it slide down. I could be very wrong. Someone could have already tried it and they're like, nope, it sucks, never do it. Uh, but... For me, that's the only little bit that I don't like. I hate, I hate that this is the stronger side of the book, because I prefer the more tribes. I like my ogres on foot and yelling at their cousins who are riding away. But I, I have both sides of it because it's it's a lot of fun, um, and there's a reason that this is kind of the primary list that we see. I yeah, think it just I... mostly gets undone by mortal wounds. Okay. Uh, uh, James, you got any thoughts? Like, having gone through this last week, we already got you... Oh, Nathan, you missed this. After last week's show, James has bought Kairos and loads of zinch stuff. <laughs> Such a twat. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the plan? Turn things into spawns? Yeah, so all yeah. I thought the whole of this show is... I wonder how many wounds I'd have to do before I could reliably turn a stone horn into a spawn. Because <laughs> imagine, like, imagine you've got three of those, two of those big boys on the table, and you're like, right, let, turn one, missile him across the table. He kills a whole squad of pinks, and they're like, oh, oh, I killed a whole squad of pinks. Look at him go. And then I'm like, cool. Uh, what are they? Three shots each. Uh, 90 shots or whatever. 60 shots left into him. I'm like, cool. Mortal wound, mortal wound. Spawn. <laughs> I'm just going to make a spawn of every model that people love. <laughs> and oh, maybe so I might want one with a net. I might give them I all actually, nets. I actually really fancy that more tribes play into Zinch. Zinch is fragile. Like, they play fragile as well. And listen, Pink Horrors, like, is a want to go through. But, like, the output can be... The output could be good out of a Zinch force. Don't get me wrong. But like, there's some good survivability that you can get inside the the, the Stonehorn specifically, but generally the list as is. Uh, so like, I rate this, and also they don't want that level of pressure. Zinch are like, nah, leave me alone. Yeah, man. but I've, like, I mean, give me some space we, to breathe. We debated last week that you don't like the list, so right? And all I did was went through the Zinch book and was like, what turns things into spawn? Bye. <laughs> you turn something into spawn. Bye. So like, I didn't look at the rest of the rules. I just found the guys that used the spawn thing. And I was okay. like, add you to my basket. 
I'm not. Listen, I'm not criticizing. Uh, they, and and they, I love that you've got Kyra. I have to well, point just out. To know that you nail the one role you need it to be. Like, because I, I love the eye contact you can make with your opponent and be like, whatever you roll, your stone horns are spawned. <laughs> <laughs> like just unbroken eye contact. You can you can do anything you like right now. He's spawned. So all you can do is make me use this ability. That's the best that you can do. Otherwise, it's happening. Actually, just as a question, because we've got Rob on the show, who knows quite a bit about Warhammer. But we've got Nathan on the show now, who knows everything about Warhammer. Agreed. (laughs) So, so I've got a fucking mistake I've made I want to tell you about when you finished. Okay. So, if I I play a Seraphon player. Yeah. Yeah. And I ignore everything else about the game. And I turn their croak into a spawn. So I'm doing nothing else, so it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> if that croak's on a bailwind, does my spawn get to hang out on the bailwind and no, just hit it's, things? Because oh, it's a new sad. model, and the model's immediately removed. Uh, but I understand like your excitement. Like That would so, be yeah. amazing. Making yeah, take... frog spawn as, as the answer. <laughs> yeah. frog's going to be a pile of little eggs with black dots and I'm going to have that, such a good time. Yeah. I think that might be the rest of my year. I'm just going to make Your little frog. spawns. <laughs> <laughs> just a, a pile of frog eggs. Yeah, so the the blubber blubber grub stench spell. Yeah. I said it's for rhinox units. I thought that Mornfang were rhinoxes, but they're not. They're not. So you no. can't can't Can you use even it. still buy rhinox units. Well, yeah, yeah, rhino- scrap launcher. That's uh, a how very dare you ignore yeah, the, how the, very the most you. important unit in Sorry. the army. Yeah. Sorry, it's uh, so errata there on that one. Sorry, earlier. Wow, mm. it's very quick errata. The community is really only used to something that takes between four weeks and 18 months. So, like, you, you, <laughs> you overshot considerably in that situation. Uh, I'm impressed that uh, we managed to get that errata for Nath despite the lack of data on the, in, in regards <laughs> to using that spell. But there we go. We had it. Uh, yeah, and so there are other good units. Other good mm. units in the book. Iron Guts, hey, we're in the chat talking about Iron Guts, and the math is that they can do even more damage that you can see uh, than um, a stone horn. The problem is, is that distance. When we look about this, when we talk, that's why we talked about at the top of the show. Base movement 12, they're hungry. Movement 14, bold mm. ahead. Movement 15, like they are across the board. That's, I think, the most important point to talk about. Is like that's why, in my opinion, the Mega Boss on War Crusher is a great piece all the time. I get super excited when I get to watch a game uh, and do some stream coverage, and I see the Mega Boss because I'm like, that guy's gonna bully the fuck out of the board. That's all he's gonna do. He's gonna pick somewhere, and he's gonna be like, like you, the, the whole enemy army is just gonna clamp up. They're gonna be like, uh oh, there's a psycho on a War Crusher coming our way. Like, and he's gonna be anywhere he wants to be. Fly keyword, double move. It's going to be anywhere on the board. I think the Stonehorn kind of does the same vibe. It's a bit of a shame. I'd like to see them have like maybe some more mobility, some sort of like spell that gives them fly or something. So they're truly proper scary, Uh, but they are proper scary anyway. Like I think Mm. just their ability to get boxed in by uh, currently under spells uh, and also obviously by um, just chaff lines. Like you're Mm. right that they can hit through, but like, can they, can they do it enough? I think it's kind of key point. But that's why that's why that's why I think the nice drop of the red stuff is in there so much, Dan. I think that's mm. why Blood Gullet. I think it's that six inch piling that's the probably the most important point there. Mm. So yeah, uh, Nathan, has the army ever interested you as something to play? Do you think it'd be something super fun? I think it's a super fun army to play. Uh, I've I've not really been taken by the ogres. My 
my bent on destruction is with the green skin guys, but uh, I've played against it a few times, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's a good army. Uh, the the it's the ten those stone horns counting as ten models is really really good uh, thing for them, and uh, that that probably turns them around into into a yeah it, that. That's what makes them competitive, really, in my mind, is that the might is right or whatever it's mm. called. I love, I love peeking just like a toe of a stone horn onto an objective ring and being like, I'm 10 models now. And your opponent's like, ah, but, uh, you know, I've got a star drake. And you're like, doesn't matter. 10 yes. models. Yeah. yeah. Bugger off good. with you. You twatty little sky dragon. You go back to the stars, you big dickhead. I have a big angry stone cow. Uh, uh, and not even the Realm Lord stone cow. Just a traditional stone cow. Yeah. Uh, so Hamsvan in the chat says, uh, what's the best way to start more tribes, uh, please? Just buy three-star collecting boxes and you're laughing. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they've got everything in there that you want. You'll have three monsters and um, you'll end up with a bunch of Mornfang great start to uh, to, uh, an Mm. army it's also an msu army as well like which is something worth talking about uh also if boards get smaller 44 by 60 that just means (laughs) baby we're just closer uh that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) more intense cuddles coming your way (laughs) (laughs) all right well i think that's us done for the evening i think i've enjoyed this and i hope like i'm really enjoying these series i think it's like a nice Mm. way of like looking at stuff in depth kind of like a refresher of the of the army to a degree, but really focusing on what what's there and what's available. Um, there are again other ways to play this. Of course, this yeah. is just something that we see very common. So if you are potentially going to fight an ogre player or you go into a tournament, you're like, I wonder how that works. Hopefully, this is a good one, uh, and it'll be interesting to see if next week if James ends up with three thunder tusks or three stone horns somehow. But <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I've got a lot of spawn the... to make. He's going to have three of the ogre man-eater lady in fishnets with the rolling pin. She is. She's the most beautiful. She is the most beautiful. I really love what I'm interested about players. They're like, what are you into? They're like, "Ah, I quite like all the magic and the dragons, but there's a lady ogre and a rolling pin. And there's also, there's a lady, a trogoth lady with a bag. (laughs) Baby. It's actually a net, which is why she's so strong. She's got the, mm. she's got two bags on the front Shh. of her that are the best. <laughs> she's got Fun a net bags. bag on her back. The ogre lady has fish net tights. Mm. I'm just saying, nets are the most powerful thing in Age of Sigmar. There's just a, there's just like there's just like guys like like sipping their drinks and they're like like and Neve Black Talon's like, are they looking at me? And they're like, never. They're just looking past me. <laughs> just, just, just like, just drinking their drink, being like, is that a truck? I think I can see about that. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> it's a classy little bar. Everyone's chatting. They're all flirting. And then in the back corner, there's just a truck off hag being like, ah, oh, smash. And everyone's like, yeah, you smash. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, let's do some shout outs. Twitch chat, you've been amazing tonight. Thank you very much. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, James, you got any shout outs you want to make for the end of the show today? Uh, I'll just shout out, uh, not you, because during the show, you made me put the objective rings back on sale. So, big, oh, big shout out to the objective rings, which are back on sale. They are back on sale. 
they are 100% back on sale. We've sold I... some while we were on the show. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, if you guys want to pick some up, especially with the uh, the option of, of course, playing Age of Sigmar sometime soon. Uh, Nathan, you got any shout-outs? I'm going to shout all those people that don't put... I've seen some people sculpting clothes to put on their Trogoth tag, and that's not that's not on. So I'm going to shout out the other people that don't do that. Like you're like you looking through Twitter and you're like, no. Did you <laughs> did you just Bam. shout out the people who build and paint the model as it is, as it yeah. as it, compared to the tiny handful of people <laughs> that convert it to be wearing more? Are yeah, you? I saw something. Is this like a sideways way of saying you saw one person sculpt clothes on a truck <laughs> tag seen, and you I've hate that person? You've seen it twice. twice. And I hate two people, whoever they are, forgotten <laughs> who they are. Somewhere somewhere there's someone who has no idea like about this show or anything, yeah. but someone watching it does. And they're going to be like, hey, Steve, just so you know, four blokes, blokes that don't know you, they hate you. As <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dijon says in the there's chat, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, you got any shout outs? Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to, I've got a legit shout out, not just uh, because somebody took boobs away from me. Uh, but I understand that that's frustrating, though. Um, uh, I, I'm going to shout out the wonderful War Dolly community of Vancouver because uh, COVID restrictions have finally been not lifted, but slightly eased as we come into summer uh, or into spring. So we can now have groups of 10 people in a bubble outside together. And the Vancouver community, or a handful of them, immediately went 10-person outdoor tournament. And I, I just, I, I immediately I was like, hell yeah, War Dolly players. We haven't done anything in two years. And the first thing they thought, and they were like, cool, so we'll use masks and we'll like, we'll sanitize and we'll be really, really clean. But immediately, the day it was announced, they were like, 10-player outdoor tournament. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, yes. Like, like just, I'm, I'm so glad because I guess a big like niggle in the back of my head is that we might come out of this and in my head i'm like there'll be this frenzy and this thirst for games and for tournaments but i was worried that a lot of people would uh have their like like uh, war dolly frenzy curbed or, or eased off and the fact that that was the first place that so many people i know went it just it made me so very very happy so they're, they're going to be my shout out anyone who sees that and immediately wants to play more warhammer you're you're my favorite people in the world perfection perfection I will, of course, shout out the Twitch chat. Also, everyone on the Oswald Gamer Patreon literally couldn't survive without you, so thank you very much. And also to our brand new subscriber, Rob Apo, um, has subscribed on Twitch. Don't forget you can use your Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime subscriptions for free. Costs you nothing, gets us some amount of money, whatever the Bezos decides. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, thank you to you three as well, you guys have made tonight. Also to Jacob Berry uh, for filling in earlier as uh, the Back to the Future Nathan. Uh, one of my favorite moments uh, so far. Uh, don't forget to join us again tomorrow, 40k Jason show. Wednesday, I'm going to be talking to Rain. Saturday is the Games Workshop reveal, 12 till whenever. We'll be live for that, so for like three or four hours. So Saturday, if you want to tune in and hang out with us as we reveal React in a uh, offhand, uh, hilarious, but maybe slightly, maybe slightly sarcastic way. Who knows? Probably, probably sincere. And then all of Sunday will be live, 12 till 10 for the birthday. So uh, do tune in for that. You guys Before you cut me off, Rob. Oh yeah. Carry on, carry on, carry on. But uh, someone just asked for the link, so I'm trying to put it in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
But I would also like to thank my podcast homies. You guys stay hydrated. I'm just, this is just you and me now, podcast boys. And I just want to know, and ladies, you guys are doing great. And uh, keep up the good work. Loads of love. This is, this is my audio voice in your ear now. Congratulations. Right, goodbye. Thanks Ooh. for listening to Honest Wargamer. You guys are great. <laughs>